Welcome to our latest episode of In The Saddle Podcast. As Newbury and Warwick are in doubt this weekend, we're five weeks away from Cheltenham, so we thought we'd give the listeners our fancies, horses we are already on and horses we want to take on at the prices. We have a top panel this week, Bob Callahan, Lucky Loaders and Betfair's Darren Hughes. One welcome to Darren Hughes. Not too bad, you know yourself, Mark. It's okay. I'm all racing on at the moment, unfortunately, so we're kind of reduced to jumpers, bumpers, cards, which aren't the most attractive bet in these, as, as most of your listeners will know. But look, it's uh, not too far away from the best of them, so, so it's just go for that. Yeah, I, uh, as I said, I've kind of I had to price a few of them up. Uh, yesterday, which was a, which was challenging, uh, but it worked out okay in the end. Uh, some good results on our end. Paul Callahan, how's the form? Oh, it's very good. It'll be interesting to see if he turn up at Delmar in November. Highly yeah. unlikely, but he, he he did look very stylish at the finish, didn't he? I think he put the posse on now for the for the photo now. It looked well on the mantelpiece. Yeah, I saw I saw Harry did interact with you on um on Twitter. Uh, maybe give him a shout out here after this one's been been put live on social media. Lucky loaders. Not too bad, yeah. Um, form has been pretty good so far in uh, February, but it was all about Musselburgh for me at the weekend as a bareback jack one and uh, I was going mental about that result. So, yeah, going away from uh, the status quo, but, yeah, looking forward to uh, going through some of these races. Okay, good. I'm glad everyone's in top form. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to have a look at top races at Cheltenham. Obviously, some of our fanciest horses we want to take on and some of the anti-post bets we're on already. So obviously we'll start on on Tuesday's card, Supreme Novice Hurdle. Um, appreciate top to bang. We're 6-4 to four at the moment. Darren, do you want to be with, with Willie Mullins here or are we against him? It's very tough. I think it's an extraordinarily poor Supreme Novice Hurdle, to be honest. Just going down to the bet. And I will just quickly give a quick plug to, uh, to Betfair's uh, Cheltenham free, ba- free Pass Builder. So if you have 20 quid on the exchange every weekend between now and Cheltenham over five weekends, you get a 10 quid free bet for the week of Cheltenham. So it'll all add up to, to 50 quid on the weekend. If you do happen to miss a weekend, don't worry. The rest of your weekends that you do get involved will still count. That's just a 20 quid bet on better exchange every weekend between now and Cheltenham, every Saturday, starting this Saturday. Obviously, look, as we mentioned, we don't know whether Newbury or Warwick will go ahead, but what, if Lincoln or that is on, that'll put 10 quid into your... Uh, free bet pot, which you can then access during the week of Cheltenham. But just coming back to this race, the, the, the opener, it's, it's oftentimes one of the best races of the entire festival. And anyone who's, who's been there on the opening day knows that the roars for the Supreme Novices is like nothing, nothing quite else in sport, really. But it's look, the free fit is he's a six to four shot in the Westbury Sports Book, which is obviously non runner, no bet, non runner, no bet. Um, at the moment, uh, just a, a shade bigger than two to one in the exchange. Look. I don't know whether he'd be much bigger or much shorter on the day is the thing, but I really don't think you could put anyone off with that price. Is in. It's a very, very poor year. He seems to have the handle of pretty much all the Irish horses over here. I'm not sure the English are up too much. Uh, Messi obviously has the, has the betting from, from the English uh, side of things. I'm not sure he's he's that good. So as much as I don't want to tip up six to four shots five minutes into my first appearance in the podcast, it's, it's hard to look too far past. I appreciate it at this moment in time. Uh, currently six to four for the all-conquering Willie Mullins. Um, interesting point on Meteor. Obviously, this one was due to run at Newbury in the bit for a hurdle. Would have been quite good to see see how that one got on for Harry Fry because uh, he did lead the betting there. Paul Callahan, what's your thoughts on the spring so far? I think appreciate his um, wins. I think bar disaster, like he wasn't as impressive, or he wasn't. See, he didn't run to to form in total at the, at the Dublin Racing Festival, and he still won. 
prior to that, he was he was very impressive over the Christmas periods. Um, I can't. It's a race the Irish have a fantastic record, and I know Shishkin won us. But Nicky Henderson has, has put a few flies in the ointment for, for Irish bankers in this race over the the last number of years. With Shishkin last year, Shishkin was my incidentally he was my banker of last year. Um, but Altior, of course, I think got the better of Min in this race. But it, overall, it's a race that, that Ireland has a cracking record in, and I think appreciate it wins it. He, he is the one to have to beat. Macy, our Harry Price horse, I'd imagine, would have done with going to Newbury this weekend um, on Hurling debut. Well, saying that, he's run on the flat, but the point I'm going to make is he, he ran on Hurling debut against the best 12 rivals, 13 runners. He was very impressive in the tall work, but he only faced six runners. You know, this is obviously, it's going to be hustle and bustle, jockeys and everyone's going to be a little bit fresh. We could have a roar list, Cheltenham. Time will tell, but um, I'd imagine the lads will still be fairly fresh at, at this point to, to get on with things. So he lacked that little bit of battle harden over hurdles. Blue Lord, I think, will be interesting if he settles better. He settled a little bit better at Leperson last weekend. And at a bit of a price, he might he might run well. They'll go a gallop, so he should settle. He'll have a hood on and with the more racing experience he's getting, um, I'd imagine it will help him just to drop the bridle and help him finish off his races better. So at a bit of a price, Blue Lord is interesting. And also the, I don't know if it's Gordon Elias Tiha Poo, who was a lucky winner at Fairy House. Robbie Power was on board. Um, Willie Mullins, I think, had a faller at the last that was going quite well. A horse for Yumdor. That's right. Um Tiha Poo would also lack match match practice. He had one run in France. He was winner at Otai back in October of last year. He was a fortunate winner at Fairy House. You'd imagine there's more to come, but he might just lack a, a bit of experience. But um, as, as regards a win bet, it's appreciated. Shrewd. Six to four. Paul Callan, back to old ways. What, what, do, you th- what do you think of uh, French Seal? He's the other one. I'm on in the years. He's a bigger price to run the rest than he is to win it. I'd say he's a hundred to one to want to run in the rest, to be honest. Um I'd say this how tidy I'd like to pitch a juvenile in here. First run to the stable in the Supreme. Wouldn't be the worst shot in the world. Like I said, I know where you're coming from. He's one of the more interesting ones, but I would say he's a big price to even run. Twelve to one at the moment. I we want a normal no bet on that one. Um I think the drill deals in there as well at twenty to one. Ronan McNally. I'm not sure if that'll be a, a good result for us or not. Um certainly wasn't a good result first time in a handicap anyway. Definitely not. Definitely not. <laughs> that is, uh, one of the touches of the, just one of the touches of the season, one of the touches of the decade. I'd say they did well there, all right. Um, yeah, you you have questions over his uh, his latest win, how good it was. The racing to collapse in front of him. I'd be interested in Blue Lord as well. Actually, I think if he gets proper pace to aim at, and he learns how to pop himself on a bit, stop pulling out uh, his jockey's arms. He might. Uh, <laughs> there is talent there somewhere once he once he learns to grow up. But um, yeah, in terms of, uh, I say appreciate it. It's head and shoulders above the rest so far and the form he's shown. Yeah, that, that run behind Bob Ollinger, uh, Blue Lord, he's literally taken a pull over the last yeah. just one five months, you know. Um, maybe if they go off fast pace, maybe things will, things will collapse. Maybe he's got a chance. But the question is, what does he find? Lucky Loaders appreciates it. Back early. At this stage, it's clear why he's favourite. But I do think something could come out of left field and win. But to work it out, you have to be a genius. <laughs> yeah, he's done nothing wrong appreciated so far, but... I wonder if Cheltenham would be his track, you know, and to me, I just think it's not going to be a great renewal of the race, to be honest with you, like it's been the last few years, you know, it's not one that really has got a lot of depth to it, 
Um, Metier, if he did run in the Betfair hurdle, he's obviously been declared. The Betfair hurdles are a bit of a curse, really, if you go and win that race. Uh, winners have got an appalling record. I don't think no horse has ever won the Betfair hurdle to go on and win the Supreme. You often made me make the frame, but I think sometimes the race can maybe come a little bit too soon for you. Kalashnikov is probably the most uh, recent uh, Betfair hurdle winner that's gone close, and he was touched off by uh, Somerville Boy, who on his last start before winning the Supreme, won the Tullworth, which is exactly the same race that Metier won. So maybe Harry Fry should have just waited and um, gone straight to the Supreme. Um, yeah, Metier, on what we've seen so far, is probably the best of the, the English runners. I will just um, say, uh, if the Punchestown gets the green light um, on Sunday, there's actually an interested, uh, interesting uh, listed novice hurdle. And there's, I'm picking out a horse here of really left field. He's a horse I've had on my radar for ages, and he's called Uhtred. And he's actually got an entry in this for Joseph O'Brien. And if you actually go back through some of his bump form, it was really, really good. Um, and he's got an entry in the Supreme. So obviously, if he, if he won this, you, he could definitely be a massive market mover. He won the future champions um, bumper that I think Sir Gerhard won at uh, Navin um, not that long ago, you know. So... It's normally that bumper is one that throws up a lot of good horses. And I know that Uhtred has been a horse on a lot of people's radar, especially over uh, the Irish Sea. Um, watch out for him. And Joseph O'Brien's horses were in the doldrums for quite a long time. But over the Dublin Racing Festival, they had a few of their horses run well. So I do think there could be one or two left field selections that could maybe come in for a bit of support and could really stake a claim. But... Yeah, appreciate it. it deserves to be favourite, but I do think it could be maybe a case of a few years ago when we had LeBake, who was a surprise winner. I've got, I've got a feeling it could be the same kind of year. So, yeah, I, I would be keen to take appreciate it on. I could see him definitely making the frame, but I could see something maybe coming out of the woodwork and uh, and uh, maybe rising to the top. Um, that's kind of a 40 to 1 chance on the, on the sports book at the moment on Betfair. Um, it does look like appreciate it looks, looks difficult to beat. Um, wouldn't be diving in at six to four right now if I'm being honest with you. Things might drift 15 to eight on the day. Um, moving on to, we're going to have a look at the Arco Novice Chase. Um, an argument, obviously, impressive at the weekend Dublin Racing Festival. Johnny Moore was, was sweet on this one. Um, we had him on the podcast last week. It was six to one. Um, he actually put a bullish comment. He actually thought that this one should actually be favourite for the Arco, especially if they're soft ground. Um, obviously, that's when it's two to one. Best price available at the moment. Paul Callahan, uh, what do you make of the Arco? Uh, I think this is the race to the festival. I thought it was with a different number of different selections at the start of the season. I thought Shishkin was my anti-post best at around 7-2. Um, back towards the end of October. Um, he's he's obviously he's been exceptional. But Enter Energamine has been unbelievable. For a big horse... We all love a Tom Lacey horse. He obviously won his pint of pint round Lark Hill, which does take a, a bit of a jump, and I think it's on an army base around Salisbury. They're, they're quite big fences, and it's quite, it'd be one of the more competitive pint of pint, pint, of pint tracks on the, the UK circuit. He won his pint of pint there. He's unbelievable. Like He was he was incredible at, at Mace. He quite put a fair bit of distance, put eight lengths between himself and the second. I know he was a length going into the wings of the last fence at Mace. But another seven lengths from the last to the fence to the, to the line. 
But at Leopardstown, he was unbelievable. His jumping is incredible for a big horse, like, and especially a novice to feet are a long way from the brain. So generally, it can take a, a little bit of time for the message to get from the brain to, to the feet, and you, you sometimes have miscommunication. But he's very touch wood, he's very cute, very clever. When he's, you know, he can go short, long. If he meets one wrong, he just he corrects himself. He's pretty straightforward. I'd love to see Darver Star. I'd love to see the ground dry out and see Darver Star get in the mix. I think he just could be, at best, looking for a podium, get a podium finish at best with, with the drier ground. All mankind, throw him into the mix. He'll make the running anyway. Um, whereas I think an Ergamine and Shishkin are pretty, but they're fairly complicated. I don't think it'll bother them what, what happens. But all mankind's a bit of a, a freak in that I see them, you know, he's pretty keen and can still find off it, which is unusual. Remember watching him, I think he beat a horse that Robbie Power rode, a JP McManus horse in a grade one novice hurdle at Chepstow at the beginning of the last season. And I remember watching that and all mankind, he pulled for a mile and a half. And he still, Robbie, the horse that Robbie Power was on came on to his kind of came in the wing mirrors just after heads turned for home, which you're just under half a mile out of Chepstow. And I thought Robbie Robbie's horse had him, but all mankind at the, the landing side of the, the first hurdle and the home straight at Chepstow, he kicked again. And I've never seen anything like it. So I just think he, he, he's, I don't think he's maybe bumped into an, an Ergamine or, or Shishkin yet. So I think it's between them two. At the start of the season, I would have said Shishkin, but now I'm not so sure. I think it's set to be an absolute cracker. Yeah, the horse will be on that day with Sebrius uh, for JP. Um, what do you what do you make of, um, just talking about all mankind, Dan Skelton's, I want to hear your, the team's views on his sort of comments. Like, I, I don't know if it's trolling, or does he think he's being serious with those comments about Mullins? In the freebies? I think he's great. I think it's great. I think for her Beto, uh, I, I don't know. You just you'd like to see him. To, it's a it's a fair comment. He obviously thinks a lot of the horse and and, and that, but I think it's great for racing and, and it's it's better than than the. I know some people can be more restricted maybe in, in their thoughts and and that's fair enough for for whatever reasons. But um, he's come out and said it. I think definitely it, it adds a bit of spice to it. You know, it's fighting talk. Great to see. It. Yeah. What was what's your other boys, Chris and uh, Darren? What what were your views on Dan Skelton? His opinion. Brian Keenan put it best. He's a, an on-course Irish bookmaker. He's actually worked to follow on Twitter. He said, uh, you know, about Dan having a go at Willie and having an easy run of things and all the rest. And Brian said, well, like, if you look at take, take, for example, that Cabaret Queen, who was a bit of a goat for, for Dan Skelton, and he's come over to Whitley Mullins, which arguably more competitive race in Ireland, and improved 26 pounds. So as in, like, Dan probably isn't really in a position to, to talk too much. And as well as that, there was nothing stopping any of the English trainers sending horses over to England this weekend. If they really wanted to, I mean, like Johnny Levins, I think has done in Musselburgh this week at some point. Uh, there's absolutely, I mean, like Nicky Henderson, we'll touch to this later on when it comes to Champ, but Nicky Henderson is wondering about Champ having to do simulated gallops or whatever, whatever nonsense he was talking during the week. It's hard to keep up with Nicky at times. But like, what was wrong with the, with the blogger who again for He could have sent him over, left, sent the ground straight forward track, right? He might not have won. The ground was fine. There was nothing wrong with it. He would have had a hard race, but it would have, it would have had an absolutely spot on for Shetland in six weeks. Time or whatever, however far away it is, five weeks time. And now we've got my run champ in the stairs hurdle that said, I tell you, like, if I was JP Manus and I don't know how to say winner, and my trainer couldn't get a race over fences from between September and February, I wouldn't be happy. Actually, I wouldn't be happy. I'd, I'd, I'd be asking an awful lot of questions. Interesting views, Darren Hughes. Um, 
say like if you think your horse is good enough, you can just get them on the boat and get them over there, but they, they don't do it. That's what it boils down to. Lucky loaders, biting your lip. What do you think? Yeah, I think fair play to Dan, you know, but it would be good to see some of the uh, Irish horses, or no, sorry, some of the uh, English horses go over to Ireland to try and take them on. You know, there was all that hype about Champ going over for the Savills chase, wasn't there, um, at uh, Christmas time. But yeah, unfortunately, I think he, I don't know what what went wrong. He might have had a setback or something that just kept him out for a little while. But yeah, it, it is a shame. I think the last good horse that went over from England to, over to Ireland was Le Bagoire for the Dublin Racing Festival. And I think that was actually quite a weak renewal of the race that year. And she was probably the best, actually, of quite a weak bunch over here. It wasn't a great um, year for that division, if I remember. But yeah, I mean... I, I get where he's coming from, you know, but let's just see what happens at Cheltenham. I think sometimes we'll get a bit carried away, you know, and and it, and it just, and it just it's nice. It's, I, I know it's we can say, oh, well, why don't they go there? I think it's nice to keep them apart and build up the anticipation and not get our hopes broken too soon. I, I get I get what Dan Skelton was coming from. Maybe our group ones are a little bit, or our grade ones are a little bit more competitive because our horses aren't so good. Whereas where you've got Mullins and Elliot, even Elliot hasn't been dominating. We'll probably talk about that a little bit more later. But um, yeah, who, who, who knows, you know. Um, horses can come out of left field all the time. Horses can maybe overdo themselves in the early part of the season and they just don't perform when they come to Cheltenham. It's about peaking your horses for, for the big occasions, uh, in my opinion. Um, and all the trainers will be trying to peak them for Cheltenham. So yeah, that's what I've got to say on it. Switzerland has spoken um, for a bit of Eurovision song contest here but uh, I just think it boils down to ability I just don't think the horses in the UK are good enough to go over there um, but they the, only thing I, the only thing I could compare it to maybe is like saying maybe Cristiano Ronaldo had a freebie in the, in the Premier League or out in, in, in Italy or that and I know for sure I wouldn't fancy following him for 90 minutes up and down the pitch um, you know, I know travelling, it, it is handy to come over and that, but travelling might be for every horse. It could, you know, it could ruin, travelling could take as much out of a horse. And I could get why that didn't didn't suit, but so it's the only thing I compare this is to try and follow some of the Premier League player up and down the pitch. Uh, you know, I wouldn't fancy it. Okay. So, recapping back onto the arc of the bang here, right? Do you, do you think we've got the right favourite currently, Shishkin, 10 to 11? I don't think they should be close to the bang. I think uh, Willie Mullins and Argumi should be favourite here. I laid Shishkin for an absolute chunk before the weekend. Uh, last weekend, at about 8 to 11. I think he's possibly one of the worst favourites going into the Gentleman Festival, if you're quite honest. Uh, I don't think he's beaten anything. I think last year's Supreme was one of the worst in recent memory. If you actually look at the race and tear it apart, literally less than nothing has come out of it. Abacadabras is up to very little. Chantry House isn't much use. Asterian for Lange was beaten 14 lengths despite jumping like an absolute, I don't know what. And uh, he, he hasn't really done much this season either for, for Willie Mullins. Alark is fifth, beaten 15 lengths, right? Okay, he, he, he won at Ascot, he won a decent race. Against Fiddler on the roof, that form hasn't really been frank. Edwardstone was sixth, he's a handicapper. I mean, like, you, you go down to the race, Captain Guinness has brought down hard to know how close he's gotten, but again, he has, he was look, he looked like he was going to be very dangerous, and he's shown himself just to not be good enough this season. Um, I think he, this lad is operating purely off reputation. I don't think he has anything in the form book to suggest he should be 10 to 11 over an argument. He was absolutely trounced Captain Guinness, trounced uh, Frankie Deportes, probably one of the best winners at the weekend in Leopard 7, uh, with the sections backed up as well as the, uh, as the visuals. So 
I think five to two is a more fair price. I'd have been much closer to six to four apiece than five to two and ten to eleven. That's not at the moment. It'd be a placely as well, Darren. I just don't win. You sound bullish. I I really don't. I I've no time for. I, I won't say no time for him. That's that's a ridiculous thing to say. But I I, I think he's way too short at ten to eleven. Like if he, I don't think he, he definitely shouldn't be. There shouldn't be that disparity between himself and an argument. Um, he's a better as far as I'm concerned. I think again, it comes back to this thing of you know people are following the same um same pattern as William Mullins or as uh, Nicky Henderson has had with uh, obviously he's sprinter who was of a similar mode and then Alzior came along won the Supreme and then went on to the Arctic the following year and people seem to think that the Shishkin is the same thing but I think there's, there's worlds apart between the Supreme that Alzior won before but not winning his Arctic and the one the Shishkin won by that. Shishkin's jumping hasn't really been tested at all this season. Um, some exercise gallops in, in public. Um, I'd probably have I'd probably have an ergamy favourite especially if it comes up soft. I think he'd probably be an odds-on chance here. Um, all mankind could set it up from Sky Pirate Chris Loder. Just an each way poke for you in this race. I'm not sure what what's got the plan is with Sky Pirate. He's got quite a few options. The plan was the grand annual, but I think he's kind of blown his mark. He's eligible to run in the Arco. He's in the Betfair hurdle. Uh, um, you go fast piece here, Chris. You know what I mean? You can set it up in the way he travels. I, the, like a place. They they should take him. I think they should actually have a crack at the champion chase. I'd love to see how fast he could... I wonder if he could keep up with Shakan on the bridle. But then would he find, obviously. that's Shakan would probably find and he wouldn't. But I'd like to see it. Because I do think he's one of the best travelling horses in training. I know people might crab me for saying that. But I, 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 I've I, loved Sky Pirate for... I was even... I, I was on him uh, when he ran in the uh, the Paddy Power when he finished fifth and obviously he didn't find much up the hill that day over two and a half but I thought when connections were bringing him down to two miles I thought it would be I thought it was a great decision and obviously they've been rewarded that so Sky Pirate I'd like to see him have a crack at the champion chase in my personal opinion um, but obviously I, I don't think he would win it but I think he could maybe make the frame a, a big price yeah, but again back to the arc or my thoughts Shishkin and Ergamain uh, I don't think there should be much between them in the betting, to be honest. I get everybody's raving about Energamine going, oh, wow, like, wow, like, what he did and, and that. But the racing behind was really messy. I was really keen on Franco Deport uh, for the race, uh, at least each way. And obviously, he collected the place money. And he is a grade one winner because he did win that grade one two-mile novice chase at Leverstown at Christmas. But I think the race was completely set up for him that day. And he had a couple of excuses, actually, in the race at the weekend, uh, he made a mistake at the third or the fourth fence, and Captain Guinness as well, uh, when he fell, he kind of impeded him, if you go back and watch the replay, so he wouldn't have beaten an Ergamain, but he might have got a little bit closer to him, so I'm not, I'm not sure, I'm not sure what they beat, I'm not sure they've beaten much, both of them, to be honest, I think Shishkin has done very well so far, despite people saying they're gallops, you know, he's beaten some good horses, um, I know he beat Tanrock de Mathan of uh, Nichols, who could be Maybe a grand annual type or, or horse to that will win a nice pot at some point, you know. And and he beat Eldorado Allen as well, who okay was a bit of a fortunate winner that day, but he's still a great success. I I'd say he's beaten about the same as uh, Anagamine has, despite I know Franco Deport being a Grade One winner and everyone counting all the Grade did races between all the everyone in the field. You know, I think I think they're about level. I could see Anagamine. I think Anagamine should be shorter in my opinion. Uh, what's he now? Five to two, eleven to four in places. Um, 
I think he two should. To one. Two to one. Two to one. Well, I'm doing the reference scores, but I think we're, we're top prices, right? And all that's not another no bet as well. Um, it's or shit content to eleven in our game and um, five to two. Yeah, five. I need to get to the boys and get that cut tomorrow morning, Dan. Yeah, it could be worth it, alright. I think a should be about seven or four. I I just have Shishkin ahead, but I'd have him more of a five to four chance. Um, and I think he and I think he could drift on the day. And also as well, what would be quite the bookmakers will probably be quaking in their boots for if if nothing does turn up for the supreme, the first multi could be on day one could be appreciate it an ergamine. And concertista or something like that, um, who goes in the mares, uh, that that could be one the bookmakers are trying to avoid, and it, it could be a bit like uh, when uh, Frankie had that seven t- uh, had that um, four time at Royal Ascot, all the prices started going short. I could see that if uh, Mullins gets off to a good start, but yeah, they're my thoughts on the article. Yeah, we had one of them at the weekend, Chris Lawler, which dodged the bullet in the last of Mossopra. Let's, let's hope for not another one of them anytime soon. Paul Callahan, just to wrap up the article. Shushkin or an urge me? Yeah. Well, it was Shushkin at the start of the season, so I'm going to stick with him. Although I think if it's if the ground is soft, I think an urge me will 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 take a fair bit of beating. Um, Shushkin, Nicky Henderson does a lot of work with Yogi Breisner, who would have coached a question team. He's obviously he's a two runs behind the points as well. So like Yogi's top class, I worked with Yogi myself. Um, and he would have worked with a lot of horses and, and a lot of jockeys uh, out of no no qualms in that department touch wood just go back to the, to the Supreme last year it might have been the, the strongest of races however he did get stopped three times in his runs he got he got he met trouble on the landing side of the third hurdle he met trouble when they swung down at the away from the stands he met trouble then at the top of the hill and then he met trouble then at the bottom of the hill he still won and also his times of his, his races, his chasing debut, he was a little over six seconds slower than standard. That was the first time he jumped the fence in public. The second time at Kempson, he was under six seconds slower than standard, which is pretty respectable. And at Doncaster, he was only just over five seconds slower than standard. And they're all on soft ground. And the clock doesn't lie. So on that, regardless of what he's against, he's only three three opponents in all the races. But the times are pretty respectable, and and regardless of what what engine you have, if he runs to that time again around Cheltenham, he's going to take a bit of beating. The only thing that slow him down is soft ground. Okay, and obviously that'll play to nearest means, but I take I'm going to stay with Chiskin. Okay, I think I'll be be avoiding this race. Maybe have a bet. Maybe coming up to the the main. I'll see what the ground's like. I think I'll have a big sway on on how the market develops. Um, definitely keep an eye on the bet for exchange anyway. The real market so obviously divided opinion but that, that's what we want someone's keen on shishkin someone's not so keen on shishkin all right okay we're going to move on champion hurdle obviously honeysuckle at the top of the bang big market mover over the weekend absolutely hacked up dublin racing festival um i think i've, I've preached this enough i'm on it 14 to 1 each way for a big bet so hopefully she runs if she doesn't i'll, I'll be a very very upset um paul callahan champion hurdle yeah, I'm with Honeysuckle. I think I was an advocate average at the start of the season, but I don't see why he. I, I don't see why he should reverse the form. I think he'll get a bit closer on better grounds. At worst, you know, if, if it does dry up in the next five weeks, they're going to water anyway. He may get a bit closer 
I don't think he doesn't like to be in front too soon. Anyway, he hit the front turn of a home last year in the Supreme, and he ended up, you know, he was in front of it too early. And I think on his last win as well, he, he ended up hitting the front on the approach in the last, and he does very little in front. So I could see him getting closer, but I think she, t- I think it's cracking. Like she, she was a lot sharper in the, the Irish champion this year than she was last year. It's a pity the ground just wasn't a bit, bit on the better side. Just to, I think it would just have helped her in relation to the the champion hurdle in March. But I think it's great. I think connections now will they will go and, and I think she she take a bit of beating. Equitance, will you? She'll have to step up and you'd imagine Silver Streak will, will have to to find a little bit more. Um, it'd be interesting to see Aspire Tower. They beat Abbott Calabras, but at the start of the season at Down Royal, but then he dis- disappointed Esquire Tower behind Sharjah in the Mattiston hurdle over the Christmas period, which kind of wouldn't. I thought I thought in his first run at Down Royal, Esquire Tower could be a, a bit of an outsider, but I think an all known former in Honeysuckle takes the beat. She's, she's two to one at the moment. Um, I think she was really impressive. I don't even think she was really asked around the bend, done it really effort- effortlessly. I thought Sharjah was very disappointing. Um, just looking at the the betting just now, I mean, you couldn't be taking charge at 10 1 there. Um, there's some other silly ones in there as well. One of Chris Loder's favourites, Goshan, 16 1. I don't know how that horse can be 16 1 with a champion and song for someone, 16 1 as well. And the prices are wrong there. I'd have song for someone a lot shorter for, for Tom Simmons. Um, Honeysuckle, I mean, I, I think I've said this many a time. <laughs> I'm preaching here, right? I think you need stamina and you need speed to win a champion. I just think she's got everything. Um, I think this could be run similar to Annie Powers win in 2016 I just think she'll, she'll be handy and she'll kick and I think she'll be gone genuinely think if she jumps the last she's heavy odds on I just can't see anything going past her I just, she just keeps finding more and more um, we put it this way if you've got Honeysuckle in front and Epitone coming travelling I'd, I'd still expect Honeysuckle to, to pull away that's what she does um, unbelievable uh, Mayor I just think that I, I still think 9-4 is value 2-1 to one. I'd be hoovering that up. Um, I'm not. I'm not keen on Epiton. I mean, Silver Streak, nine to one. Charger, ten to one. I still think there's there's value in Honeysuckle here at nine to four. Lucky Loaders, view on this one. Yeah, um, interesting race and how the mares obviously take up the top two uh, spots in the market. Reminds me quite similar to uh, a couple of years ago when there was a bit of pressure for Apples Jade to come and Lorena, you know, and. We all know what a letdown that turned out to be. Both of them put in absolute stinkers. Um, so I think people, I can see why people get carried away, the mares, the seven pound allowance and, and that. So yeah, for me, I, I, I'd have a Honeysuckle probably favourite for the race. Uh, I think she deserves to be, you know, the one thing I would have is that I think the two mile champion hurdle division is still not that good. Um, Epiton, oh, I couldn't back her with counterfeit money at the moment. The price she, what, what, the price she is, I, I think she should be four or five to one, easily at a shortest. I think I'm surprised the bookmakers haven't pushed her out at all. She obviously she flopped at at Kempton, and then it was apparently she was in season, and then she's had a back problem and had some work done or something. I couldn't be backing a horse like that coming into. A proper grade one. Um, I think. I think it, with Epton, it's uh, it's a win or bust. I, I'd rather probably lay her, even maybe for a place. You know, like if she was a really really short place, uh, uh, short in the place markets, I'd I'd definitely be keen to take her on. 
I think there's quite a few uh, big prices, like you just mentioned there, like Song for Someone, Silver Streak. I think people are uh, maybe discounting their chances a little bit. To, and they might go, well, Epiton just flopped that day and Silver Streak was lucky. Silver Streak's been knocking on the door in a lot of these big races for for some time, you know, and he's uh, he made the frame here once in the champion hurdle. He got his deserved the grade one. I think he would have a chance. I think Song for Someone, if he turned up, he would have a great chance as well. He, he never knows uh, when to give up, you know. So I do think, I, I think Honeysuckle will go very close, um, you know, but I just wonder if maybe there could be a bit more of a speedy type. And the Irish uh, champ champion hurdle contenders are just an absolute load of rubbish, in my opinion. Uh, honestly, like Sam Roy, he's had so many chances now to go and prove it. He hasn't. Charger runs a good race, and then he runs a stinker. Petty Mouchoir's getting old. Um, yeah, South Saudi has only ever put in like one decent, uh, one or two decent runs in his life, and he hasn't done anything for a long time. I just think it's a really open race still, and I think you're you're in the best place, Mark, with your fourteen to one uh, each way. But at the current prices with Honeysuckle, don't think I could back her at those prices. I'd rather be keen on Silver Streak or Song for Someone if they uh, did turn up. Uh, Darren Hughes, thoughts on the champion. Yeah, again, this it's, it's, it's not the most inspiring champion hurdle that's ever been run. And just a quick rundown just about in here. Honeysuckle is our narrow nine to four five. Epitaph eleven to four. Silver Street nine. Aspire Tower ten. Concertista ten. I'd say nearly hundred to one to run here. I could throw music to Willie Mullins' ears that Honeysuckle is pretty much confirmed for the champion hurdle. Leaves the door wide open for Concertista. Both mares and with very good flat position. Might have Benny the Jew to be both with Paddy Mrs. Paddy Power mares chase. Charger than the 10, this child is bigger than the rest. Yeah, look, I'd love to try and find something at a bigger price here to, 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 to get stuck into because it really isn't that strong of a race. It really isn't. Um, but it's very hard to get away from, from the two mares at the top, especially in, in receipt of all that weight. Um, I think there is an argument that Silver Streak has been a small bit disrespected at 9 to 1, given that he uh, he obviously put Epiton to the sword over Christmas at Kempton. Um, there didn't seem to be any real excuses there. The time was actually okay as well, so it's not like he ran below, like he's in the time backs up, but he actually ran a decent race. So, you know, you, you could definitely say 9-1 to one was possibly a small bit big. Charger, you couldn't back him after his performance at the weekend. Abacadabra, so I wouldn't back him with your money. Gosh, and I agree with you again, Mark. 16 looks looks very short. And like you're kind of down into the into the, the depths of despair after that. Like, we were there, is there at 20-1, to one, and I... Tough to see how you could back him after his performance in Haydock. Um, I was just looking there in the exchange. Uh, if you if you dump the two mares at the top, you're getting about four to five, a little bit better than four to five, and we're the better four to five shots to get running at Cheltenham that week because it's very very difficult to see beyond the top two. Um, I would to be honest, going to my head, I I, I side the Honeysuckle over Epitant, um, after Epitant's performance at Christmas time, but I do think that the market has got this one right and the the front two are the right one too. That's a good angle, Darren. Four to five for the top two mares in this race. I mean, that actually yeah, seems well, you, you, can, you can you can do that on the exchange, of course, if you go in and, and uh, you know, put the the back foot for both. And again, yeah, you can you can set your stake and it'll get it'll tell you exactly what you need to put on both to touch to both to, to make whatever profit you want. So that's just it's an interesting one. It's, it's one of the things you can do on the best for exchange uh, that you, you know you obviously can't do with the more traditional bookmakers. So it uh, it is an interesting angle. Maybe if you wanted to go that way with us. Yeah, this, this race is probably going to cut up as well, so you could probably lay it off as well. Yeah, I imagine so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just, I'm looking at Goshan, 16 to 1. 
I wonder who's backing that. But like he's twenty eight back in the exchange and a thousand to lay, so then that's probably that's a more accurate reflection of yes, right one. You know, if if you go if you go big on him, you just get filled in because not everyone remembers his, his triumph hurdle run last year. So he's just one that you probably don't want to go a ridiculous price on because you just you end up racking up massive liabilities. Because as I say, no one will ever forget that uh, that that famous last hurdle fall this time last year. So he's probably just one you don't want to you don't want to be go over broke on at this stage. Yeah, you'd be sick if you were on Goshan, especially in multiples last year. Absolutely disgusting. Yeah. Anyway, um, Paul Callahan. Champion hurdle. Who are you with? I'm with Honey Soko. I saw. I said at the start of the season um, that I, I would love to see connections go for the champion hurdle, and um, she would be that bit year, the year older and, and wiser from last year. I thought the run at Leopardstown last year would have done it the world of good, although she was slow at her jumps. Without being a bad, she was just very slow, um, and still won. You know, she beat Darwin Star, who went on and, and was placed in the champion hurdle. So. She was a lot slicker than hurdles this year, and I think she she takes the beat. Short and sweet. Um, yeah, I just think Honeysuckle. Obviously, she's a knockout bet. Um, could even go short on the day. And if anything, anything happens to Epitone, doesn't doesn't run here. What price is Honeysuckle? Odds on four to five, four to yeah. six, easily because there's there's yeah. nothing behind here at all. Obviously, we're all keen on Honeysuckle. Lucky loaders not so keen on the price. Um, obviously, some for someone potentially for for the places. Moving on to, to Wednesday, we're going to have a look at the Ballymore and Novice Hurdle. Um, we'll start with Paul Callahan. What are you liking this one? I suppose Gillard de, de Mesnil was, was very impressive despite being keen. You'd imagine he still has a, a bit to learn um, when he won at, at the Dublin Racing Festival last weekend. But I did like Bob Allinger. We were impressed when taking the, the Lawler Genese on his last start. And prior to that, he was a, a good winner at Navin. That was back on the 18th of December. He was second on his debut over hurdles. You'd imagine there's still more to come. You know, he's only had he's had one start between the flags. That was a win. And he's only had four starts on the rules, so plenty more to come. And I did like the way he won the the Lawler Genet, So I'm going to side with Bob Allinger here. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Robbie Pearl was quite keen on this one. Um, give it a good mention when we had him on the potty. And obviously, I think I think that form um, in the Lawler Genet, I think Blue Lord could potentially be smart as well. Just just pulled pulled the chance away that day. I'm absolutely tanked all the way through, still pulling at the end. And I think that form could be quite smart. It's currently, currently a 4-1 to one chance of Ollinger. Um, Lucky Loaders, what's your thoughts here? Yeah, I'd say so far out of the, the three main novice hurdles at the festival, I'd say this one is definitely the classiest. Um, Gala de Manila, I was a bit concerned that he might not see out the trip at uh, the Dublin Racing Festival over the two-mile, six furlongs. Um, but he did the job really well and I think some of that form is going to work out well too I was really pleased uh, with the run by Gentleman's Game that quite fancied last week uh, but Mouse Morris is quite cautious that he probably won't head to the festival uh, so I would really mark up that performance by Gallup de Manil. I think at 10 to 3 I think that's not a bad price but he could have two worthy opponents in Bob Ollinger and brave man's game i think it's quite hard to separate the three of them to be honest with you uh thought brave man's game was very very impressive but uh, paul nichols novice hurdlers at the festival we hasn't had 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 a winner in one of these kind of races for a while so that would maybe put me off 
Bob Ollinger, I really like him. I really like his attitude. He's got a lot of good form next to his name as well. Um, if, if I had to bet in this race, I'd probably bet Gallardin Manil or, or Bob Ollinger. You know, they would probably be the, the two that, that stick out to me. At bigger prices, I don't really think there's anything that's really capturing my imagination. I do think it's probably between the first three in the betting, to be honest with you, if they all turn up fit and healthy. And I probably would just side with Gallardin Manil, but I wouldn't put, put anyone off Bob Ollinger if they really fancied him. So that would probably be my way of thinking. I'm not really nailing my colours to the mask just yet. It reflected to uh, Gillard de Menezel, uh for William Mullins. We've got 100 to 30 there, um, but I don't know how long that will be available there for. Bob Ollinger, 4 to 1. Brave Man's Game, 9 to 2. I thought Bear, Bear Gills is quite interesting here, 12 to 1. Uh, looks quite progressive. What, what's your thoughts, Dan? I could spin down through the bet here, and I have to tell you the angle I'm after coming up with is going to sound ridiculous. But Gallard de Manila, as you say, is our 5 2 5 after his bet. is very impressive. Everything after at Leopard Town and during the Dunn Race Festival last weekend. Uh, appreciated then as 4 2 and second fab. Uh, small possibility he could run here, but I'd say less likely now that Willie has a pretty strong candidate for the race. Uh, Bob Ballinger then for Henry de, Henry de Bromhead and Rob Core is 4 1. Brave Man's game is 9-2. Mehdi is 10-1. Unlikely to wrap up here. Ali Adams 12-1. Derek Gillis 12-1. It's 14. I'm big at the rest. And this is going to sound like all I do is come on here and suggest dushing up a lot of horses with short prices. But I mean, I'm looking down to the betting here, lads, and I really don't see, I don't see too many that are guaranteed runners um, in this race once you take out the first three. So even just looking at the exchange here, appreciate it won't run. Derek Gillis probably will run, to be fair. Duffy Cole, I would say, is an unlikely runner. Gentleman's game isn't coming over. Lou Lord's price would suggest he's more likely to go for the Supreme. The real deal is confirmed going for the Supreme. McCall's article, I don't know too much about him. Maybe one of you could have put in light on me. Um, don't know, to be honest, I, I know very little about him. But if you, again, coming back to it again, if you touch up the first three in the market here, you're getting 8 to 11. And I honestly think that could be more of a three's on shot come today, to be quite honest with you. Um, if I had to pick one between the three, I'd probably narrowly side with Bob Ollinger, but that's, it's, it's only very narrowly. I thought he was, thought he was quite good um, at Warren beating Blue Lord that day. Sorry, at Nace, I beg your pardon, beating Blue Lord that day, but there doesn't seem to be a whole pile between them. Um, Paul Nichols' horse is Paul Nichols' horse, Brave Man's Game. It's just a relentless galloper. He wouldn't be out of place in the other market for all the. I think he's probably too nice a horse for that race, uh, but he's, he's probably the, the most dour of the three. But um, yeah, again, it's not something I'm particularly fond of doing, but as in, if you're getting 8 to 11 for one of the three to win the race, I think that's that's better 8 to 11 shot than the last 4 to 5 touch we just put up there, to be honest. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the Dutchian as well, Darren, especially on the exchange in the value. And we're looking at 12 to 1 on the sports book for Beer Gills. He's 22 to back at the moment. Um, and you can get on even even a score on that at 22s. He's not, if, he, if, he, if he runs, he's not going to be... It's not going to be a 22 to 1 chance. It's probably going to be around on 11 to 1. I honestly think just looking at it, this could cut up so badly. Yeah. Could cut, even going by the sportsbook prices there, like appreciated as 4 to 1 doesn't run. Mehdi 10 doesn't run. Ballyadden 12 doesn't run. Gentleman's Game 14 doesn't run. My Drogo is 50 to back in the exchange, which suggests he doesn't run. Stafford goes to the Albert Barker. I mean, like, this could literally be six or eight runners on the day. It really, really goes. Uh, even with Fatier is in there, he goes to the, the Albert Barker, I'd say. Um, yeah, and it's only something that just occurred to me there. So as in, like, if you're really stuck, really stuck between the front three, I honestly think that could be a one to three, two seven shot on the day, um, and you're getting eight to eleven on on any of the three now. 
yeah, I mean, if you chuck Bear Girls in as well, you're getting four to six, the top four in the betting here in a six runner race. And yeah, it could only be a six runner race on the day. It'd be a nice position to be in on uh, on the Wednesday if you're if you're in bad need of a winner, you know. I see someone's clicking on Bear Girls right now. Is that you, Lucky Loaders? I can have him because he can't jump properly. All right, okay, okay. You wouldn't have him in a twenty twos. No. Get rid of him ten to one. No, they should run him in the flat. Get him handicapped for the Cesarevich. Just loaders have spoken. Um, that was an interesting uh, angle there from the team. Um, what we'll do is we're going to move on to, we're going to look at the Brown Advisory Novice Chase. We'll go back to Darren Hughes. What are you liking this one? The, the, the artist formerly known as the uh, as the RSA. Um, yeah. Monkfish heads to bet in here. Very impressive winner at the weekend. He's, he's our 8 to 11 fab. He's won the shortest price fair but has into the into the Chatham Festival in Island then on an unlikely, on an unlikely runner. Um, this three to one, he's almost certainly going for the, the JLT or whatever it's called now. I lose track. Uh, Royal Pagai then for Rich Richie 7 to 2. Again, I say probably unlikely to run here, but at the bet it suggested he did rock up. He'd be, he wouldn't, certainly wouldn't be a 7 to 2 shot. Latest exhibition then, uh, he's not for three against Monkfish. He's 7 to 1. Next destination reaching out to Paul Nichols eight to one. Next after rear for Henry Brown had tens and it's twelve and bigger the rest after that. Um look, I suppose I'm a huge fan of latest exhibition. I really am, but it's it's difficult to see how he turns the form around a monkfish. Now I don't think he, he ran to his best at the weekend, and I think um both him and Monkfish at the peak of their powers, he um he's not eleven lengths worse off than Monkfish. I thought Monkfish was Exceptional at the weekend. That, that's probably uh, it's definitely a career best side. There's no probably about it. Um, and I, I, if, if there's more improvement to come, I don't know what to say really. But uh, you know, he was terrifying at the weekend. But I am a, I am a latest exhibition fan, and more to the point, I think finishing second to Monkfish a couple of times is probably the second strongest piece of form in this race after Monkfish, obviously himself. So I wouldn't be put off by him and at nature price seven to one for all that it is somewhat difficult to see him turn the form around. Monkfish can be very difficult to be. He jumps like a professional. He's such a big, scopey animal. Like, like in, you know, if you look at him last year, he just looked like a teenager who was, you know, who outgrew himself almost. He's starting to fill into his into his own into his shape now, and he's an absolute monster of a thing. So just, I'm really looking forward to this race. He was so impressive the weekend. He was really the most impressive winner of the, of the entire Dublin Night Festival. Eight to eleven on the sports book at the moment. I mean, you can just get under under even money on the exchange. Again, I mean, this race is definitely going to cut up. I mean, if you take out. Benicia Williams for Abigail. I mean, look at the price here, eight to one on the sports, but you get twenty fives on the exchange right now. Um, could be a good time. It's probably load up um, on the bet for exchange. The one that's quite warm is uh, the big breakaway for Colin Tizard. Obviously, stable coming on a bit of form. Uh, they had a winner this afternoon in the the jumpers, bumpers. John Joe was on twenty fives. I thought it was a sixteenth chance, so at least it didn't shorten. Anyway, um, that one's definitely shortening up on bet for right now. Um, it's actually an arb, so thankfully we can. Uh, that price will probably change before this podcast goes out. Um, Paul Callahan, what do you like in this one? Um, I like Monkfish. Just interested in the big breakaway. I think ideally, time's running out now. Um, ideally, Connections would like to get a run, another run over fences with, I'd imagine the application of some sort of the headgear, um, whether visor or blinkers, I, I don't know. It's early enough in the day as well in his career to be, to be going for headgear, but I just think he 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 lacks a bit of concentration. I know that was the whole the idea of going to Exeter, dropping it down and trip, um, that, that it might just sharpen him up. 
I don't think it has. Um, we just had a, had a good look around and we had a, made a mistake, just a, a lapse of concentration on, on the landing side of the, on the approach to the last at Kempton, the last day. Um, Monkfish, what? I think I agree with Darren. I thought it was, it was one of the performances, if not the performance of the Dublin Racing Festival. Um, I know I, I said last week on the podcast, I watched the run at, at Christmas time. I, I did actually think to be more than three lengths between them. I thought Monkfish was, I thought, it seemed like more an educational ride over the Christmas period and that he sat alongside latest exhibition for as long as he could to try and just get him alongside racing and jumping. And then on the approach to the last, then he says, right, let's go. Whereas I thought at the, at the Dublin Racing Festival, he, he was more, less worried about trying to educate the horse. Um, and he looks like there's more to come. Like he's a big brute of a horse. He's three from three over fences. And normally, an expression I absolutely... Detest, I don't detest, but I'm not fond of. Fond of I hate hearing um, oh, Jason, that horse won't be horse till he sees a fence. This is generally a polite way of saying that for every horse that won't be horse till he sees a fence, there's an awful lot that are just not that good. Um, but he was like when he won, he's a big, was a big shell of a horse last year, and he's really coming to himself now. And there's surely, I think, if the body can, you know, touch wood that he gets a, a clear run of things over the next number of seasons and. I think the sky's the limit. I think Monkfish by maybe not how far, but I think he's he's an Irish banker in this one. Paul Callahan loading up the sporting index account there on the Monkfish. <laughs> yeah, he um five to six on the sports bit right now. You just get under even money. Um, if you take out Venetia Williams horse for Alpha Galley's always got an entry in the Gold Cup. And that's an eight to one. I mean Monkfish could be eight to eleven very very shortly and potentially four to six. Do you would you be taking a bit of a one point nine three on the machine right now for a Monkfish? Yeah, I would. I think he's the, well, yeah, I wouldn't know much about them machines. The only machine I'll be looking at, I think, will be, be Monkfish. Um, yeah, I can't see, like, looking down through it, next destination, his, I thought his run at Newbury, which was his chasing debut, was very good. He, he beat a horse that had won round Newbury, Kaluki, um, of Richard Johnson's and, and Philip Hobbs. I thought that was very good. He won at Warwick on his next start, beat Fiddler on the Roof, Fiddler on the Roof, Blades. But you'd imagine he'd have to find a bit more, and I'd just be dubious that he, he wouldn't have much experience in big fields. He's ran county like all together, and he didn't win a point to point. But like he's won five and, and three runner chases. Like you'd like to see him in amongst maybe nine or ten horses and, and get him to, to meet a couple of fences wrong and, and what have you, and get him out, get himself out of trouble. You'd like that to happen before lining up in this. But I did think that run at Newbury was was pretty was good. Like, but he, he's going to have to come up another level. The big breakaway. I thought after Kempton, I thought maybe on his next run that connections might have reached for a, a set of the blinkers or, or or visors or something just to help him. You know, his run at Exeter over two three or two four was to try a low stiff two and a half or so was to to try and sharpen him up a bit. But um, I think the big breakaway just, I think when he gets there or gets it plenty of light or two, you know, not something to chase, I think he just, you know, he lacks a, a bit of concentration. But um, yeah, Monkfish is, he's getting better and better. And he was exceptional at the Dublin Racing Festival. And for that, like he's, I think there's, there's more to come. I just think from a, from a Lear's point of view here, I'm trying to find an angle. Like, as you say, Willie has bangs in a couple of winners. Um, and obviously, th this race cuts up. Royal Vigali probably won't run eight to one second favour on the sports book. 
this could easily go off four to seven, one to two. Uh, I do think big breakaway is interesting. I was stables starting to come in a little bit of form because obviously they had a really bad couple of months. Looking at the back at that that run at Exer, uh, myself obviously I know we spoke about this one before, and I think Sean Bowen, who was on the, set, on the eventual winner, just sort of tracked tracked Robbie round and quickened it up. Myself and Chris actually the leads. Um, the big breakaway that day, uh, we, we got a tip from Charles. Uh, I'm, I'm only kidding. It was just we we thought it was a bit of a, a bad jumper, and uh, me and Loader uh, loaded up in the lead there. Had a nice one a four shot beat, four to one winner on the book. But I think he could be interesting. I think he maybe filled the placings here. But Monkfish, I could see this one easily going on four to seven on the day, um, especially if really gets off to a good start. And this one will be very very popular in the multiples. So I think from bookmakers, this will be one that will definitely want to be getting beat. Monkfish. Lucky loaders, using this one. I do think uh, Monkfish will take all the beating for Willie Mullins in this race. You know, he's definitely the most exciting novice I think we've seen so far, and especially as well in a long time over this trip. Um, what else could maybe beat him? I don't think the English probably really have anything in their arsenal to really worry him about. However, I do think there are a few that could maybe give him a race at least. Um, you mentioned there the big breakaway. I think despite making many jumping errors the last day at Kempton, I thought you could really see he had an engine there that day. Um, I thought he did uh, quite well considering he, he was terrible at quite a few of his fences and he still didn't look like he was in the, in the mood for it. But he, he was definitely closing, if I remember at the line and maybe returning back to Cheltenham when he was uh, impressive on his chase debut, maybe that might bring a bit more life into him and hopefully the Tizard team, they've got some fantastic horses are coming back into form. I even think Fidder on the roof, I know people must be thinking, God, what the hell is he on there? But I thought he was actually unlucky at Warwick. Um, I think John Joe Neal Jr. was aboard that day and he got just into a little bit of a pocket as he turned in. I know it's hard to to, to meet trouble in running in a free-runner race, but um, I thought that uh, I thought he was a little bit inconvenienced, and I think he, it could have been a little bit closer. And also as well, it came, it came to light that he bled. So obviously you can probably forgive him that run, but it is concerning when horses um, do bleed. The, the, the fly in the ointment, if, if that form is good, could be sporting John. He came, obviously ran an absolute stinker on his chase debut, but we saw him at the weekend. Um, I just thought he was going to win. He he was one of those horses. He he was just getting into the race in the latter stages. We're thinking, oh hello, he's he's going to stay up that hill. You know, he's he, he's he he could win this. Um, obviously he was well touted last season, but he absolutely blew out at. Cheltenham and the Ballymore, but Sporting John, I think, is really interesting, and I think stepping up and trip to three miles would definitely suit him. Could be a bit like Deffy in the sense that Deffy, I remember he was very disappointing on his chase debut, and then from then on that season, he was an absolute force. So I think Sporting John could be maybe the enigma if if that run was re- really the real deal, you know, and that was over two and a half at Sandown at the weekend. So if stepping up and to in trip to three miles brought out a bit more improvement in him. He won't beat Monkfish, but I could see him maybe following him home. So, yeah, there's a few interesting alternatives away from Monkfish if you wanted to maybe play in the without market, I think, on the day. But, uh, yeah, I think I think the English maybe could hold the, the key to following him home. 
yeah, Sporting John is impressive at Sandown. Um, when you actually look back in the race, Richard Johnson actually looked confident all the way around. Like even when he's jumping at last, he's still really on the staff, isn't he? But lucky loaders, if you're going to get the gunpowder out for this race, going back to the exchange, if you wanted to Dutch monkfish, take a bit of 1.93. Um, Sporting John's currently a 19 to 1 chance on the machine. You could lay out lay out six, and Sporting John wins, you get 350 back. Um, and monkfish wins, you get 461 back. So that'd be a nice a nice book for, for lucky loaders. And as I say, I, we do think this race is going to cut up, and both of these probably will shorten up. I couldn't see Sporting Juan going off a double-figure price. I think it'd probably be around an eight-to-one chance, maybe nines max. Um, Monkfish easily go four to seven, so this could be a good opportunity for for punters to play play on the exchange right now and have a nice book going into going into the festival. So it seems like we're all we're all pretty keen on Monkfish. Um, I, I couldn't I couldn't find a, a laying angle uh, right now at one point nine nine. Uh, maybe if he, if he went off a silly price like two to five, um, could maybe be interested. But then you're 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 taking chances there because there's nothing on form here currently, currently to to beat him. So that's that race wrapped up, and we're going to move on to another one. Um, Champion Chase Shakan Pursuit, another another one that's definitely going to be popular in the multiples. Paul Callahan, are we with are we with Shakan Pursuit currently a two point three four chance in the Betfair Exchange right now? Yeah, definitely. We, we mentioned this. He won the Dublin Chase last year, and we mentioned, or was this, us? yeah, this his win over Christmas. We thought he was, we mentioned last week that it was better this year than, than last year. And again, at the Dublin Racing Festival, he was just exceptional. Um, hopefully, you know, a lot can happen in, in the space of 24 hours for a horse, but hopefully the next five weeks will go relatively straightforward for Shaq and Bursois. And um, yeah, I think he, he takes the beating. I think Altior is going to have to be incredible. Like you know, connections are running out of time for whatever reason. Um, I can you know with the heavy ground the horses are getting no younger, so it is. It's I can totally see maybe why they're to have a run them thus far. But you're now running out of time. It's getting a little close. You're going to be four weeks by the time to be getting a run in Altior. It's not ideal. I think even if he had an ideal prep, he's still going to have to be bringing his A game and more to get the better shot before Swa. He looks the, he's the real deal. Yeah, I completely agree with you, Paul Callahan. I, I mean, look at Altior's run again. I just think he was beaten too far out. I mean, I know obviously he gets out, outpaced and he finds more. I just think potentially ages ages catching up with with Altior. I don't think he he owes anyone anything. Had a fantastic career. Um, this is another one. I mean, I'm looking at Shaq and Poussois here. I mean, 2.34 on the machine right now. I mean, if Willie starts racking them up, I mean, this is another one. It could be odds on. Wait, out of interest, Paul, would you, be, flow. would you be playing the multiples here? Would you, would you be racking these ones up in multiples as well? Well, yeah, Monkfish and Shaq and Poussois definitely have it in multi-bets. Definitely. I think I can't see. Bar disaster. I think the two of them, the two of them win. Um, if you have an each way to bet in this, I think first flow, would be worth a small wager each way at the at, at the prices. Um, you know he's done very. He's, he's won his last few. He was a surprise winner at Ascot, getting the better of Halidolo in the the Clarence House. Your slight concern would be that you know he quite a hard race. The lads got racing quite a long way out. So maybe how much of a mark that will leave on him. But he's incredibly tough, and um, you'd love. I'd love to see first flow having a good crack at it, and maybe finishing second or third, maybe even winning it, but definitely being, being there or thereabouts. 
this, this is another one you could look at as well. I mean, there's only realistically maybe three, maybe maximum four actually have the ability to win this race. You, you could back first flow and uh, Nuber Negra and Shaq and Prusuan have a, a cracking green book going into going into the day. Um, first flow is a 15.5 chance on the machine just now to back. Dan Scales, Nuber Negra, obviously beat Altior last time out. It's currently a get 12s on the machine right now as well. There's there's definitely value to be had because they're definitely going to go shorter on the day, especially the favourite Shark and Persuade if Willie starts racking them up. Lucky loaders, what are you with here? Yeah, interesting race. Um, Shark and Persuade, I don't know what it is, but I just, just something about him, I'm not his number one fan, put it like that. I just don't know what it is. We've got a layer here, Chris Loader. Would you give, me, you give me six to four, Chris Loader? Um, no, I wouldn't give you six to four because I, I wonder if Cheltenham would be his track. I got to admit though, his performance the last day was the best. That was the best he's done in my opinion. Um, even better when he beat Min last year. Um, you gave me a score, Chris, six to four. No, I'm not. I'm not getting any getting involved in any of that kind of stuff. Um, would I lay him? If it, it depends what turns up, and I think, I think the race that I would like to see is the game spirit. I like I want to know where Altior is. Um I wanna I want my heart to be broken before Cheltenham, not at Cheltenham, if that makes sense with Altior. Um <laughs> if, if if he won, I think Cheltenham might suit him more than it might Shakan. That that the the one big doubt about Shakan Poissoir is Cheltenham. That's the only doubt with him. It, are you hoping for a sprinter cyclist scenario here? Maybe it wouldn't be quite like Sprinter though. Um, it w- it wouldn't be quite like a Sprinter. Certainly doesn't travel like him, Chris. No. Um, no. Uh, the 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 course element is the only box that Shakan. There's a question mark over. I think. Um, and I I I wonder if he he would be suited by the track. I wonder if he he might be better around a flat track. That that's just my own personal opinion. Um. And it'd be interesting to see what makes the running in here. If Politiklog goes forward, could could he maybe do a repeat of last year? Probably not. Nuba Negra is the really interesting horse in the race. He, uh, I heard uh, Nick Luck's podcast earlier. Other podcasts are available um, earlier. And uh, Dan, Dan Skelton was on there. And uh, Nuba Negra, he was talking about his chances. And he's really confident of a big run with him. And the way that he... He uh, won at Kempton, was very very impressive. Obviously, we we don't know where we are really without Altior yet. I think we need to see him run again before we know if he's if he's well below his best or if or if he ran okay that day and might have needed it. Um, but Noob Negro, you have to be taken, and he's a very good jumper and he's a very strong traveller. And I think Cheltenham wouldn't be the worst track in the world for him. But yeah, I, I, Shakam Poissoir. Yeah, I, like I said, he's a horse that I, I just I've never, just never really warmed to, and I think I would probably take him on on the day. Would I? I wouldn't probably lay him on the exchange, but I I would probably back something else each way if there was eight runners or more. But uh, yeah, I I still want to see how Altior is first before I really get involved. And also, well, Grenatine, I quite like to see how Grenatine could do because I know there was a lot of talk about him earlier on in the season. Um, but I'd just like to see how how he would do because um, I still think he could be a player. 
can understand your anger with Altior, but seven or one each way after that performance, I mean, he's probably going to be, I wouldn't say first off the bridle, but he's, he's certainly not going to be travelling as well as some of these ones. I just think it's a big ask, especially at his age, seven or one. I could easily see this one out of the three. Uh, I'm not advocating for a place late, but it could happen, maybe four places. We'll see what the prices are. Darren Hughes, thoughts on uh, this one? Um, we'll just spin to the prices really quickly. Uh, Shakhtar saw in the sports book, and the not the money back. It's four to six. It's uh, a good bit skinnier than the eleven to eight on offer on the uh, on the exchange. I suppose as you mentioned there, kind of the, the multiple liabilities just rack up with horses like these. We see people the people happily putting them into multiple with those prices. So regardless of price you're laying in the run of success, but especially not on our best, people will stick them in. Alter then a seven to one. Newbenegra, his uh, his conqueror as as uh, Kempton over Christmas is eight to one. Clidlog eight to one. Akajudari is after a somewhat return to form at the weekend is twelve. First row is twelve. Granatine is twelve. Uh, Min is twelve. Puckett on twelve and sixteen. And bigger the rest after that. Yeah, this is a race without any real depth. To be quite honest, um, my angle in Talisior is that Nicky Henderson is very positive and. The more positive Nicky Henderson is, the less happy I am. Um, I much prefer Nicky when he's uh, when he talks down his horses or when he starts making excuses in the run up to the race, because uh, that's a sign that things are going a little bit too well, and he's trying to, to dampen his enthusiasm. But when he's it, it, he's trying to convince himself more than he's trying to convince everyone listening in that Alshur's back is best, and I think all uh, all evidence would suggest otherwise. And this man is the biggest fan, and nothing would make me happier than to see him win on the day, especially because he's actually. One of my first anti post best of the season way back in October, October, November, before he even ran, I backed the seven to one. But uh, if I could cash out of that docket for my stake, now I happily would. But all that leads us to who do you actually back in the race? And uh, look, Shaq and Bersois was pretty imperious this weekend. He was very good. The time was very good, very, very good. And um, especially considering he was um, not fully extended. But I would share Chris's concerns about Sheldon just for some reason. I'm, uh, I can't exactly put my finger on it. I just don't buy into it. It's something similar to what Chris said. I don't really know why. If you ask me to quantify why I'm not convinced, I'm not able to tell you. But I'm just, there's just something niggling at me to say that he's not one I'd pile into at a short price. But then you kind of look, what do you go after him? Um, I've never been a fan of Plidlog, particularly the kind of Plidlog. Um, and obviously uh, coming off the back of his run. Like, what, what baffled me was why they ran him. Since time immemorial, it's been known Plidlog is a better horse fresh. But they found some bizarre reason to run him pretty quickly after he'd run at Sandown over the Christmas period, like about six, six weeks later. I can't understand why he went from left off to Cheltenham. And um, now, look, there's a big enough gap between the 23rd of January and the 17th of March. So he could very easily raise back to himself. But I'd have been much happier with him coming into this fresh and it ought to be a much shorter price. I didn't think it was much around with New Benegra's efforts Christmas, uh, over Christmas week last year. And again, the time was good. Uh, you couldn't really knock it though. It was, it was a small bit slower than um, Shishkin um, on the same card, I think it was. So that was slightly tempered enthusiasm, but overall, in the context of the overall time, it was actually quite good. Um, and he could be one that's been slightly overlooked, particularly as he's probably the least exposed of all these. He's had what five starts over fences, um, second in a couple of decent novices on, on soft ground to stand down, and again, a Warwick. He could be just one now he's seven years of age that uh, that's, that's after finding this season at a price of what 12 on the machine and he's um 
he is eighth one in the book. I think he could do worse that each way, but it's a, it's a tough place to dig down into. I think it all centers around him. Which what what kind of Azure are we going to see? If Azure is 95 percent of what he was, he'll put it up to Shaka or so on. If as I think he's actually not, then this could be a, a very different contest. Yeah. Altshuer, I'm going to stick my neck out here, right? I think I can get him out of three here. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily disagree with that. To be honest, I really wouldn't. Yeah, it's, I think I think a lot of play, people will be playing that angle as well. And if I can get odds on him out of the three, I'll probably play. Um, I just think he, I think the horse passed his best, and it, and it happened. You know, he's just getting on a bit. And I think Shotgun Persuade is the one one to beat. And you can see that some people are taking that angle, um, obviously with with Chris and Darren here. I mean, he's two point three four in the machine right now, and he's four to six on the sports book. Um, so they haven't really made their mind up here. But I think if the multiples do start coming in and Willie starts banging them in, um, I think that the exchange is going to follow suit with the sports book. Will probably be four to seven easily um, on the day. So right, we're going to move on to Thursday's card, uh, the Ryanair Chase, Lucky Loaders. Who are we with here? Yeah, again, this is a really hard race to work out, I think, at the moment. What's running where and who might turn up. Um, Alaho, uh, I can't back him. Um, it's not. He's never been a horse that's really, again, taken my imagination. Min was very disappointing the last day. And also as well, I don't think older horses have got a good record. He's 10 now. I don't think they've got a fantastic record in the Ryanair. So that would be... A concern. Um, the two that I'm interested in would be Mellon. I think dropping him back in trip would be a massive plus. Uh, run obviously a great race last year against Sam Crow, you know, and there's been the bridesmaid many times at Cheltenham. I think at 12 to 1, if the bit, well, I think that's the biggest price I've seen out there with one firm. Uh, if you could get that kind of price or even a double figure price at the moment, I think that's a bit of value. And, and the other one I, I will give a good mention to is um Fakir Duderis. I think he's uh, around about 14 to 1 I think I've seen with some firms I think that's a, a fair price you know he's run some uh, good races at Cheltenham in the past he won on his debut there as a juvenile he ran okay in the supreme I think when he was a juvenile as well um he finished second in the arc all last year behind put the kettle on I think that was a really good run and like I said earlier Joseph O'Brien's horses have not been running that great recently, but at the weekend they looked like they were coming back into a bit of form. And I think um, Fakir for me and uh, Melon would be the the way I would play. I'm against a lot of the horses right at the top of the market in this race. Would you place Lee Alaho? Depends what price he is on the day. Um, on for the three, would you place that? Place like that? He could finish in the first three. He's good enough, but I I don't I don't know. It it depends how many runners we get on the day. If if um if it was a big field runner, I, I doubt it will be. I, I reckon it probably won't be more than probably about eight runners. To be honest with you, um, I I don't know. I I I, I wouldn't probably lay him. I'd probably just back something else in the race. Um, instead of laying him. Yeah. The other one you mentioned is Faka Duderi. Um, it's currently a 12 to 1 shot to back. It's been a bit of money for that. So, Chris Loder, I know you were up to no good earlier, backing that in. Paul Callahan, what do you like here? I love Imperial Aura. 
who was a, a good winner at the festival last season. Uh, got the better of Galvin, of course, he heads for the, the almost four mile chase. Um, I think Imperial Laura he made an uncharacteristic mistake. He came down in the the Silvignaco Conti chase on his last start. I think he's I just love the horse. He's gutsy, he's he's everything. Um and he'll certainly not go down without a fight. So he would be my selection to win. I think a horse at a price, if he lines up, is Chris's dream. He was disappointing on his last start. He just maybe didn't get home over the three miles in the champion chase at Dunroyal back at the end of October. He just got chinned by the storyteller. He kind of looked the winner everywhere from the turn in to the landing side of the last. And that was kind of the, the fuel tank was running on the red. I think Chris's dream, He, I think he... He was disappointing at Goran, but the ground was, I think, was was horrible on his last start. I think he only beat two home or Punchestown on his last start. I think he's he's better kind of on, on genuine soft ground, loose soft ground. I think a better ground than Cheltenham will, will see a more improvement. And more importantly, he's a better horse from fresh. So he, he does like, he likes a, a good break between his races. So at a price, Chris's dream will be interesting. I think he leave that Punchestown run in the John Durkin behind him. And um, I think we'll see an improved performance here on the Ryanair if he lines up. But as far as the win selection on West Imperial Aura. Yeah, I know you've been quite bullish on Imperial Aura since the time that we've met and we're doing the podcast. Uh, Chris's dream, um, that name gives me shivers because um, I know we we're all keen keen on this one at 4-1. Uh, hit the front, thought it was all over. It's hit one on one and running and he's just been absolutely nutted by the storyteller. I think I actually had it in a double as well, which is absolutely sickening. Um, but listen, onwards and upwards, Chris's dream. I think that one's quite quite short in the betting as well. So let me find out where it is at the moment. He's actually a price at the moment. He's forty eight on the machine right now, Paul Callan. So you'll need to. I can send over a course if you want how to use a bet for exchange. If you want to start loading up at forty eight, it won't be forty eight one tomorrow. Mark my words. Anyway, Imperial Aura, I mean, he's, he's 9.8. I mean, this looks wide open. I'll hold me 6.8 to back at the moment. Uh, this looks wide open. Um, and nines, uh, Mellon at 11s. Darren Hughes, what are you liking this one? Yeah, just a quick rundown to the prices. Um, as you alluded to there in the book, uh, Alaho's at 4 to 1. Fab, Min, 5 to 1. Uh, Imperial Aura there for Paul, 6 to 1. Kenboy, 6 to 1. An, an, an unlikely runner. Um, as your H1, Shaq for so H1, surname H1, another one like the runner, like I said, then Canada has nines and it's tens and bigger the rest. Uh, I've actually had a bet in this race. I could back as your at about 50 to 1 the second after he crossed the line in Kempton uh, in, the, in the blind hope that uh, Mickey Henderson might see sense to send him here instead of the, the championship. But I would say that's unlikely now unless he gets to the arch and the game for it next week. But uh, away from Altior and, and all things like that. Uh, I, I couldn't agree more, Paul. I think Imperial Aura is the bet here. He's, uh, what did they say, 6 to 1 in the book. Uh, and he's, he's 9.4, so about 72 on the exchange. I think it's been a massive overreaction to this horse's mistake. Um, mistake in Kempton, where he just he fell. These things happen to horses. Do you know, like, it's in his performance or offensive up to that. Is when he checked them last year, obviously, and uh, it was, was very good in the um, in the Northern Trust, the, the novice's handicap chase. His winning Carlisle there in November on the clock was one of the most terrifying performances of offences I've seen this season. I don't think people have come down to just how good that was. Um, he nearly broke the clock that day on very heavy ground. And did the, did the exact same thing there, went to Ascot, and pretty much again nearly broke the clock. I think, look, people say the times aren't as important in jumps racing, and I've been trying to agree with that in the Harrison flat racing, but 
you can't argue with a fast time. Only good horses, bad horses can't run fast. Good horses can't. Uh, and I think at 9.472, I've been kind of just back and win only because I don't really know how the fall would have affected them. But at 9.4, then the exchange that would look smashing best me. I've never been a fan of Alaho. I just I don't really understand the horse. I don't get him. He's uh, he's burned a few decent opportunities over the course of his life. Right, he came good in Terrace Day, but what exactly did he beat uh, a horse that's not even favourite for the mayor's novice? Like, and he's currently favourite for the Ryanair. Min was one of my strongest fans. He's been into the festival last year, but very poor at the weekend. Very, very poor and kind of inexplicable, really. Um, you know, when Patrick jumped off him, punched him, and he said it was one of the best jumpers in the world he'd ever gotten a horse for. Obviously, none of us could see it due to the, the pea soup fog. Um, but you have to take him on his word. Would he be tornado flyer at length? He made very hard work to beat the St. Calvados in this race last year. I don't think St. Calvados has done much of the form since. Um, he was well beaten in uh, what wasn't the great King George and uh, was obviously well beaten when he fell um, at Sandown at the weekend. So I'm not sure Min is exactly what he was maybe a couple of seasons back when he's probably been enough to be stuck behind Archer so often. But well, we're going on in circles here. Basically, I couldn't agree more, Paul. I think the 9.4 Imperial Orange is probably one of the best bets. The best, to be quite honest, in the win only market. Uh, I think it's a massive price. I'd have him outright favoured at about 92 if it was me setting up the book. So both Darren and Paul are keen on Imperial Aura. Uh, good case for that one. Currently 9.8, 9.4 on the machine right now. Um, Aloho, 6.8, and does it quite weak. This one's going to be going to be wide open. Crystal um, is keen on Fakir Dudari. Um, currently 12 to back at the moment. Um, definitely wasn't that price earlier. After Lucky Loader's had a few quid on. Um, but that one could easily go shorter as well. Um, so, right, we're going to move on to the next top race on Thursday. It's the Stairs Hurdle. Um, Darren Hughes, who are we with here? The Stairs? Yeah, sorry, give it to one quick second. Uh, pull up the prices. Sorry now. Add, Adam's here editing uh, their crisp apologies. Uh, yeah, sorry. So, uh, part of, uh, the, uh, the Paddy Tower Stairs Hurdle is uh, non-runner money back uh, at the moment. I'm Casey Parker, Benton. The narrow favourite at three to one. Uh, his old adversary, Time Hill, is seven to two. Benny did you then probably an unlikely runner at seven to one. Roxana then um, unable to beat the two boys so far this season, but likely to reoppose here at seven to one. Sorry to Burley, um, last year's pretend winner and the year before, if I remember correctly, eight to one. Champ ten to one. On the off chance he might be diverted here if he can't get a, a run into him. Uh, Fury Road twelve. 10 by 12, a few more than then 12, and bigger the rest after that. Um, I'd very much be in the camp of, of Paisley Park here. Uh, I think he um, must be the, the strongest form in the book, but uh, there's not a whole pile between himself and Time Hill on their last run in Ascot. And I do think they, the two of them have, are probably head and shoulders above the rest, but the, the one I would say with this Paisley Park, look, he's been to Cheltenham and he's won. Oh, there's nothing wrong with um, Time Hill's. Farm around Cheltenham White, and I don't get me wrong, he ran very well. And what was a very strong Albert Barkett last year on quite soft ground, and there's a fair chance, you know, better ground becomes better life. But uh, I do think the stiffer track at, uh, at Cheltenham on the new course is um, basically tailor made for, for Paisley Park. You know, we can hit his last spot coming down the hill and then pick up uh, on his way, on his way turning for home and up the hill again. There'd be nothing finishing stronger than him, I wouldn't think. Um, you know, Time Hill does have the. Um, the advantage and disadvantage, I suppose, of being experienced and that there's potentially more improvement to come from him. But I do think the uh, the old champion might be just a little bit too wily for him. And as uh, 
outside the city. It's three to one. I said that that's a pretty fair price. Um, about Daisy Park. Yeah, this is sort of race that I would be dutching as well. I'm not sure if you've had the same approach, Dan, and like. I'm yeah, I, I just didn't want to say Dutch again, to be honest, but otherwise I actually would. I wouldn't put you off that at all. Yeah. Because yeah. when you're looking there, the Sire de Berle is next in the, in the bet, and he's likely to run. He's at uh, what a price be, it's one or whatever he is there. Uh, Ravis Pump probably isn't good enough to win it. Paul Stagg at the French owners don't know anything about her, really. Uh, the storyteller is kind of interesting, because I think the plan is to run here, and she's that horse is in the form of his life. It's, it's inexplicable to think he's improved at 11 years of age, or whatever, is it 10 or whatever he is. But apparently he has, uh, which doesn't really make any sense to me. Uh, I actually, again, it's another race I actually had a bet in my back. It's fabulous earlier on in the season um, before they ran at Newbury for this race. But uh, I think he's an unlikely runner. He doesn't seem to stay three miles, though. I do think he's an exceptional, exceptionally talented horse. But he's an unlikely runner here. But yeah, sorry, that's put it past I think that you're touching the strategy. This could be one of those races where it's, where it's ideal, I would say. Yeah, like I'm looking on Bedford just now. I mean, Paisley Park's. Five, I mean, five to back, uh, Tiny Hill's 5.4. Um, and obviously you could try, and that's going to work out. And I, I've chucked in Fury Road as well. I thought this one had a chance um, at the prices. And it currently works out a six to four chance here. So to me, that looks like value. I Meaning you can maybe have a saber or maybe something else at a price. And um, Roxanne has been currently 26 on the machine. You could potentially have the first four in the bang here around five to four, 11 to eight. Um, as the prices come out on the day, so obviously this race has been a massively cut up. Um, kind of Ronald Pump, Paul Saga, um, Paisley part time. I'd imagine those two are going to be going off maybe five to two, eleven to four at the top of the bang. You can get nine to two just now on the exchange. Lucky loaders, what do you like in this one? Yeah, I think this could be one of the races, definitely of the festival. I know a lot of people said, "Oh, the stairs has been a, a weak division the last few years," but I think this is one of the strongest editions of the race we've seen. For some time, obviously, uh, it's great that uh, Paisley Park and Time Hill they haven't stayed away from each other. You know, they've been uh, brave enough to take each other on, and it's one all, isn't it, at the moment? I think Cheltenham suits Paisley more than it does Time Hill, in my opinion. Um, and I would think that Paisley would confirm the form with Time Hill. I do think elsewhere, though, there are a few other interesting runners. I was quite keen on Roxana even before she won the race at Weatherby I'm, I said here on the podcast that I think three miles I think people were a bit blind by looking at her because if you actually looked at her best form in her career apart from obviously when she won the mayor's hurdle here at the festival a couple of years ago when she uh, took advantage of Benny's fall her best form had come over three miles when she uh, finished second in the grade one behind Santini and then she finished second, splitting Apple's Jade and If the Cat Fits. And I've been proved right, obviously, by her campaigning at three miles this year. She's putting some cracking performances. She ran a very good race at Ascot behind Paisley and Time. She would probably need to improve maybe a little bit more, but she was very impressive at Ascot, despite not being much on her last start uh, back in January. So I think you'd have to respect her. Florian Porter is interesting as well. He's come out of left field a bit for Gavin Cromwell from the handicap ranks, but we know he can turn a handicapper into a graded animal like he did last year with Darby Star. Storyteller is interesting as well. I really want to uh, see what his uh, weight is in the Grand National. He's he's one of those horses that just keeps surprising people, and I wondered what kind of mark he would get. So he's on my radar for that race. Um... 
And I think Ronald Pump, I know you guys said you didn't fancy him, but um, I, I was wanting him to see him run at Christmas because I do think he would have gone close in that race. Uh, trained by Matthew Smith, who a lot of people might not be, uh, he might not have heard of him before, but Ronald Pump ran a respectable race last year to make the frame in the stairs. He ran okay as well, catching the eye behind Sonny Honeysuckle and Hatton's Grace, you know, um, and uh, I think he, I think he would have a chance as well at a double figure price each way. So I think yeah, it is between the top two. I probably would just go with Paisley, but I think Roxana, uh, Florian Porter, and Ronald Pump are still interested in contenders that could could maybe run a big race. So. Yeah, uh, I'm not really delving into it too much at the moment, but uh, that, they're my thoughts on the race at this stage. Easy for us to kindly fives on there. We'll for a change. Would you put an in-running back on this, um, Chris? Obviously, you know that this one hits a flat spot. Do you think you can maybe get maybe eights or nines in running here? Would you tempt that, or would you just would you just tank on the, the SP or on the machine? Yeah, I'd, I'd have just taken a price before, to be honest with you. Um don't want to be getting too much involved in, in Paisley's flat spot, you know, because um, who knows. Um, but, yeah, yeah, I, I'd rather just uh, keep it simple and traditional uh, in this kind of race. Yeah. It's interesting you to raise that point, Mark. Uh, so that would be something you can do in the exchange. You can set up a bet to – you can set up a price to be matched at that, um, you know, if you're not happy with the starting price, the Paisley does tend to go up quite short. Obviously, not this year. He's quite a competitive piece, but, like, if you look back, he hit a high of 65 to 1 in the run at, um, at, at, at that last time out. Um, he's hit a high of, you know, he's, he's pretty much doubled in price or trebled in price a number of times. He's won races over the course of his career since he started winning and, and racking up the sequence. So it, it is just, it's one aspect of the exchange that maybe gets underpaid a little bit. If you think, right, he goes off, let's say 4.3 on the day, but you reckon, look, when he hits the top of the hill and he starts getting scrubbed, Ian running layers are going to be rushing after to get him. I'm going to sit up my bet here at 9.5 or 10. You'd need balls of steel, but it's a, it's a good bet to sit up for yourself because the fair chance you're going to get matched at a big price. Yeah, Dan, I think it's one of these ones where you could have absolute egg on your face and you could fall at the back of the telly, or oh, you yeah. could start running on. And, and if you start running on, picking up, you could go six to four in a second. You, you could have the same egg on the back on, the, on your face if you, if you were to bat at 4.3. You know, if you had a big bet in the win market, you know, getting beat is getting beat. One way or the other, I wouldn't let that upset me too much. But it's just, it's just an angle to consider with horses like Paisley because you know, you know exactly what he's going to do. He's going to, you know, he's going to be kind of midfield there, thereabouts, and he is going to hit a flat spot. He always hits one. It's, it's just the way he is. Um, you know, oftentimes he picks up, occasionally he doesn't. But when he's being scrubbed along, it's highly, highly likely that people are going to get after him to try and lay him. Okay. I, uh, it's definitely an interesting angle. Um, I, I'd probably play that angle as well. Maybe just take a chance, maybe a 5%, 10% of what I'd have on beforehand at a price. Um, and he is going to hit that flash, but I'd just be hoping I, I get matched. And if you really wanted to be sophisticated, you could put an unrunning lay as well if it looked like he was coming back. Um, it's a proper educational episode, this one, Darren, um, for a listener. Thank you, boys. are just trying to complicate this correctly. Paul, Paul Callahan, <laughs> what, what do you like on the machine here? You'll have missed the last half mile, the best bit of the race, by the time that's all done. Yeah, Paul Callahan, um, what's your in running, running back there? The Wi Fi will get out or something. Um, yeah, yeah, no, Mark. I'm with Paisley Park. Um, I absolutely love the horse, I love the story behind him. 
you know, when the pair met, Tyne Hill got the better of him on the at Newbury when the when the clash earlier on in the season. Paisley reversed that. The only slight concern, Paisley did look more like himself. The only slight concern I have for for investing with Paisley was obviously Richard Johnson was quite frustrated passing the line, whether he whether it was the fact that he was second and so close and, and thought he had the race and he just got Paisley parked, or whether he felt and I, I can't confirm, I don't know this, so I can't confirm or whether he felt that he, he could have done something different. I don't know. And that would be the only thing that I would fear that if Richard Johnson thought he maybe could have done something different, I don't think he could have. I thought he got beaten by the, the, the best horse on the day. And I'd imagine it was just pure frustration. But um, yeah, there's the ingredients of an absolute cracker this one again. And I hope it plays out that way and made the best horse win. For me, it would be, I would side with Paisley Park. You mentioned Ronald Pump. You'd like to see he's he's quite he's he's a funny old horse because he, he can be quite wired from down to the start and that but he but I think once he gets on with things he's he's not too keen and he just does like to get on with it. I'd love to see Florian Porter run well for, for Gavin Cromwell and Johnny Moore. Paul Saga, he hasn't finished out with the first two, winning two of his last three runs, all at O'Toy. And I think you have to sit it up and, and take note that David Cotton thinks him good enough to, to come across. And Darren, what you were saying, McFabulous, I thought when, I, when he won the Persian War, I thought he was tailor-made for the stairs. And then he ran, he met Paisley and, and Time Hill at Newbury. And to me, he didn't look like he, it did, it looked like he didn't stay. And it was just the last furlong, furlong and a half. But he finished five lengths behind, behind Paisley Park and six and a half lengths behind Time Hill. You'd imagine Paisley Park has improved more beyond that since that run. However, McFabulous won the Rel Keel when being tracked out wide on his last start and Harry Cogden got a fair bit of criticism for that ride and, and took it himself. He agreed, you know, he, he said himself he got caught out wide. And from that run at Kenton, it's an easy two five though at Kenton at the same time. Um but he again he gave the impression that to step up to three miles would suit him. He's a horse that's matured with his racing and that he, he was quite keen in his younger days last season, but he seems to have matured a lot this season. And um, I, I think I think Paul Nichols is going to have a crack with McFabulous, so I think it's interesting. But I think an easy three miles, an easy two five at Kempton, is is different, quite different to the Sayers Hurdle over three miles at, at Cheltenham. So I think he, he is up against it. So um, I would on on Everton taking into consideration, I would side with Paisley Park. Yeah, he um. At Paisley Park, uh, he was um, five, but he's actually just went 4.29. Um, I don't know which one of you it was, but he's just been clipped in a little bit. And what I've done as well is I've just put an in-running an in running back there on Paisley Park uh, for Paul Callahan. I've got 20 quid on at 9.6. Uh, so that should be good for the 18th of March. We should get matched there, but just, just keep a note of that one. Paul Callahan, uh, I've got the bank. He's a very short Roxana. Um, Roxana's, only, Roxana's about 8 to 1 if you shop around elsewhere with some of the... 26 is on the machine right now. <laughs> that was a nice plug there for a bit for Paul Callahan. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll take your money, Paul. No, there's someone the, 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 the opposing layer on the best exchange to take your money happily. Oh, would she go for the mayor? Just but if, if she's obviously stepped up her form, I won't say tenfold this season, it hasn't been tenfold, but like she, she's obviously stepped up to a new level this year compared to, compared to last year. Um, obviously, look, the three miles probably suits her a bit better than the two and a half of the mayors, but. With uh, with Benny likely going for the the mayor's chase, Honeysuckle is going for the um the champion hurdle. 
Elfiel, who was third last year, hasn't been seen since. And then you have Roxana, was fourth. Like, obviously, Concertista is probably going to go for the mayor's third. But after that, would Roxana run a mile from her? The mayor's novice, run- novice winner from last season? I know we're not on the mayor's third. It's a big diversion here. But I just thought, you know, I'd say they fancy their chances in that, in that mayor's third this year with the big shit out of the way. I'm just looking at the prices right now for for the mares. Um, I don't actually have a price for Roxana at the moment, but looking at the bang there, someone certainly doesn't doesn't fancy on the machine to run. Um, yeah. So you may be better taking that eight to one. No, 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 bet Paul Callahan. Um, but as I say, I've got that. I've got that twenty pound match for you. Well, I'm maxed at the moment nine point six, but that will get maxed in the run. So Roxana's five to one there for the mares. Third, no bet for non runner, no bet. Not in the money back. Chase, uh, I wouldn't put you off that now. Each way, because as I say, only took a five to four doesn't run. Ben the Jew five to two doesn't run. Concertista has a six to four second five, but like Roxana won't be a five to one shot in the day if she runs. Nine to four, eleven to four, eleven to four probably say. Oh, I'd say eleven to four is even generous. I'd say yeah, I'd say you're, you're near the nine to four mark. Concertista could be probably what five to four, eleven to eight. It gets a weak race after that, so I don't even know what runs. Sorry, I know again it's wasn't in the running order, so I'm getting diverted here, but. If you're looking for a bit of value there, this is what Nan Runner Money Back is all about. Because if she does decide to go from the stairs, you get your money back. And if she rocks up here, five to one is the wrong price. It just is. Yeah, I think you're having a, a honeysuckle moment I had a few weeks ago. Um, you found one here, Darren, five to one. Um, this, this, this is like a fast track to getting your account closed, this sort of behaviour. I don't promote this behaviour on the podcast, but five to one does look a, a cracking bet here, Alexana, in that one. Um, but yeah. This, this this one definitely does look interesting. I'd be surprised if the winner came outside Paisley Park in Time Hill here. Uh, 4.9 on the machine, uh, Paisley Park, 5.4 Time Hill. And I've had a, a small saver on Florian Port and obviously my my in-running bet for, for Paul Callaghan. Um, moving on to Friday's card at Cheltenham. We're going to have a look at the Cheltenham Gold Cup. Paul Callaghan, who do we want to be in here? Yeah, it's probably it's difficult to get away from from Alvin Foto. Um, he's going to try and test the route. Connections have looked after him to to in a bid to to win his his third gold cup, first horse to do it since best mate, who's the first horse to do it in, in thirty eight years. It's hard to see past him. Um, Plutar was very good on on his last start. Royal Pagel has been fairly un- unbelievable on, on his last three starts. We saw his handicap mark rise from 135 to 266. And Tom Scudamore was pretty impressed with him after he won the Peter Mars. So Royal Pagel would certainly be of interest. The softer the grounds comes up, the better it will be for him. Native River has been an incredible servant for connections. And, you know, Julie obliged at Sandon in the, the Cotswold Chase back on the, the 6th of February. You know, he, he runs with his heart on his sleeve, so you'd imagine he's going to be there, thereabouts. Lost in translation, he's back on a, on a recovery mission. I, I, you know, I absolutely love the horse. I thought he'd go last season unbeaten. Unfortunately, he didn't. He blades on his last start. It's very hard for horses to come back again after bleeding to, to that level. So I, I can't, for that reason, I couldn't be investing in Lost in translation. Throw on you'd imagine I'll just be you know he'd run his race again another that runs with his, his heart on his sleeve but you'd imagine he'd just come up a little bit short Santini I'm not a fan of at all I think 
not that I'm not a fan of it, I think he has his own way of doing things. You know, last season in the Gold Cup, despite them not going overly quick, they didn't go overly quick early on, or, you know, but having said that, the, the horses that were first and second were last and second last on the landing side of the second last fence. And Santini was in the driving seat the whole way. He had no excuse. Like, he hit the front coming down the hill. And I think that's maybe where the problem lay. And the horse that pushed him on was was the Rachel Blackmore horse that finished, what was this? The name just escapes me now. Um, not Manila, no, I'll get it now. Monoly, yeah. I think it was Monoly running on that actually spurred Santini on. And obviously he had the, he had the front two to... So he had the Albion photo to, to run at and obviously lost in translation. He passed him in the last couple of strides. I think he's a horse that I would have had him down. I said it before that would follow a steam train the length of the country, but I think ask him to go past it and, and I think he's had enough. Do you know, on, on the first circuit of the Gold Cup last year at the fence at the top of the hill, Nico actually had the humour him along and, and asked him to kind of to pick up the bridle and three strides later he's running away again. But that happened a couple of times. I think he's just a horse that has his own way of doing things. So I, I wouldn't invest with Santini anyway. So I think it's I think it's priced accordingly. I think Albin Photo is, is the one that they have to beat. Yeah, Albin Photo is 4.1 in the machine right now. Uh, does look like a bit of value, obviously, winning the last two renewals. Santini, for me, has been a, it's been a, a bad one for me financially. I mean, I, I backed him off a cliff the last two or three times, you know? Like that run at Aintree, I know it did turn into like a, a female bumper race behind Lake, Lakeview Lad, but every chance, should, should have been picking up Lakeview Lad there. Um, Frodo, I don't know what happened at Kempton. I think the track was obviously against him. Um, ground was good there. Native River again, I thought sand down heavy ground, you could slog it out. I mean, I think this horse needs about five miles. Um, could be maybe egg and face here. I mean, he's a 14.5 chance here. I mean, he will be staying on, but I just don't think he's the same horse. I think he's actually got slower than this year than before. I don't know if that was actually possible, but talking about Royal Pagali as well, Venetia Williams, hosed up in the Peter Marsh, Haydock. He was actually 50s with us uh, on the Sportsbook bet where we clipped him straight into 8-1 to one after actually hacking up. Um, I think it's difficult to look past album photo. And just, just going back to the multiples, and the William Mullins angle as well. I mean, if people start chucking this one in as well, I mean, he could easily go six to four, seven and four on the day on the sports book um, if the multiples are racking up. I mean, there is a few question marks. Um, is Native River the same horse um, as last year? No, one, one last time out, but is he the same horse? I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, Champ's a bit of an unknown quantity. I mean, on on unknown form, and Alban, Alban Foe has probably got an easier race this year than last year. And he's a 4.1 chance in the machine. So, you certainly couldn't be laying Alpin for at 4.2 on Betfair, in my opinion. I know Lucky Loaders is thinking, am I going to hit the pink button here? But um, I think if you're wanting to lay them, maybe, maybe wait till he gets a bit shorter. Um, so that's not advice for anyone, but I just I just can't see the angle there to lay him at that price around 3-1. to one. Chris Loader, thoughts on this? Yeah, I wouldn't be playing in this race until we know the ground. I think the ground would really determine my way of thinking in, in this race. Albion Ferry obviously deserves to be favourite. I don't actually think he would shorten up too much. Uh, if I remember last year, I think um, he was round about the same price anti-post as he was fine SP. So um, I don't think he's going to shorten up too much because I do think some of the others probably will come. There will be support for them, I think. A lot of people will start getting their teeth into a Plutard. 
champ as well if he was to to win Rupert as well I think a lot of people might start backing him on the day Native River probably have his fans so are Frodon I think I think the market could really sh- well, it's always a popular betting race every year but the market will look a lot different than it does now uh, I think there's a lot of horses in here that maybe haven't given their run in the last twice Manila Indo was my idea of the Gold Cup winner at the start of the season but I just wonder if Leopardstown isn't his track um He's never really performed there in the past. And so I think he hadn't even run there in his career until this season. So um, maybe returning to Cheltenham where some of his best form has come might spark him. And the same could be said for Santini. But I can't back Santini now. I thought he had everything in his favour uh, at Sandown at the weekend. I thought the ground wouldn't have been a problem for him. I thought the, the real stamina test would have suited him. But that, that was the last chance saloon for me. The one that I can't get away from at his price... I th- and I know uh, there there is bigger out there compared to to Betfair, uh, who I know we're giving plenty of our time to in this podcast. Um, but lost in translation, I would like to see how he performs in the Denman Chase because I do think, obviously, what we were saying about the Tizards earlier, that they're, they're such a top stable that it, their run of bad form was going to come to an end at some point, and it looks like they are turning the corner now. And this horse. Uh, despite having a, a strange run in the King George last season, was definitely the real eye-catcher uh, in this race last year. So I, I would definitely have him on my shortlist, con- despite him putting a couple of blanks together this year. You know, uh, he, He's definitely one that I think could bounce back. Um, um, and, yeah, there's, it's just, I, I don't think... I don't think you can really get too stuck into album photo. He's the most uh, solid and reliable one, but I don't think I would want to get in any shorter than three to one. So, yeah, I, I probably have to wait on the day of this one, but album photos that obviously done nothing wrong and deserves to be favourite. Yeah, Lost in Translation is currently about 16 to one chance in general in the sports book. Um, however, 24 is on the machine. Uh, bit of value there, a, fav- a favourite word. Um, would this be one you would actually be tanking into, Crystal, or would you win in place? Or? Um, I'd, I'd like to see where Tizard's uh, stable are at, obviously. Um, I think I was telling you off uh, camera the other day that um, watch out for his uh, horses because I think some of them could be quite well handicapped now. And, and I'd like to see some of them, obviously, come back to fruition. But despite that, the Tizard uh, team went to Cheltenham last year with quite a lot of good fa- fancies on paper. And lost in translation and the big breakaway were the only ones that ran with any credit so i don't know if that's something to maybe read into but yeah i I like to see the stable continue hopefully their their rise back to form you know because obviously they're a a top team and uh, i think lost in translation i'd like to see how he runs in the demon chase if he if he does uh if if he does take part in if it goes ahead on saturday or the rearranged one yeah well he hangs up there um, he's not going to be a 24 foot on the machine anyway. Um, Darren Hughes, what do you like in the go-kart? This is really, really tricky. Like, really, really tricky. Uh, I'll give a quick rundown of the betting here from, from Betfair. Um, again, all these fights are non-runner money back. Album photo is 5-2. After Tars, 6-1 after his impressive victory at Christmas time. Uh, Royal Pagai, then the, the exciting third or fourth season, obviously, I forget which, uh, is 8-1. Champ 10. 10 by 10, Frodo 14, uh, there's a few there, 14. 
and it figures the rest after that. Yeah, look, this is quite tricky. Um, then Alvin Foto is without a doubt deservedly fab after his, his exploits over the last couple of years. Performance in Tremor was very, very good and backed up by the clock as well. Um, actually, I think when you uh, when you take into account how they made a mess of the race distances and then compare it to the time that he put up, it was actually pretty exceptional, to be quite honest. So that would give you a lot of hope coming into this. Um, this race, um, strangely, like Santini, obviously, was only beaten in neck by him last year. and Arguably, a small bit unlucky, uh, but he's, you know, five times the price this year due to not really performing. He's not a horse I've ever taken to. And I think he'd be better suited to a Welsh national than a, than a Gold Cup, to be quite honest. But, like, you can't argue with the money being beaten in neck by Alvin Fodor last year. The one I'm just going to, the one I've got a chance here. It's, it's, it's a slightly new line of form to these, is that is absolutely tired. There's a kind of size in John about him. Um, you know, that uh, Jesse Harrington's Gold Cup winner for, for a few years back, spent his whole life running over an inadequate trip, gets brought up to three miles and, uh, and finds a new lease of life. Um, no, absolutely tired, obviously, has won at Cheltenham before. He was third in last year's Ryanair over two and a half miles. Then in his first go over, he's, you know, he's performed very admirably over two miles. You know, he, um, Beat Jack and Forrest Wall Christmas 2019. He was only narrowly beaten in the grade two um, by Catherine Grace Paddy at Navin on his comeback this year. But uh, he just looks like one that he he obviously has loads of speed, so he'll be able to lie up with them as, as good they always go off pretty hard. But stamina doesn't seem to be an issue for him, um, given how he finished off his race in Leopardstown on what was pretty sticky ground over, over, um, over Christmas. So he'd be coming in here fresh as well. Which is an angle I've I've a big I've a lot of time for is in a lot of these like Santini even if you look at him he's at what three runs there in reasonably quick succession and three kind of hard enough runs none of them were too pleasant like his running entry was looked tough he obviously went to Kempton then and was run off his feet in a sharp track and, and fairly decent ground over three miles and then at Sandown he just didn't look to enjoy himself at all behind Native River but overall no I think the uh, the eight point oh seven to one or Six to one in the book around that, but that's hard looks plenty fair enough. I wouldn't put anyone off as a photo necessarily, but five to two is the right price. Uh, I wouldn't back. I don't. I, I can't buy into Royal Pagai. I've never liked handicap winners uh, coming into great a company until I actually see them do it and see them perform. I mean, like yes, visually very impressive, and um, I suppose the clock was quite good as well when he beat uh, Potter's Legend at Hayda. But this is it. This is a completely different kettle of fish. That, like, these, that's chalk and cheese, you know, um, to the Gold Cup in comparison to that race. And I certainly wouldn't pile in at it. one. Now, he's been matched at a high of 120. Someone that's had a score at 120 on the exchange. They'd be quite happy with that bet. But price is, I'm happy to leave him. And go down the bigger prices, like lost in translation. Very, very, find it very hard to back him at the moment, given what he's done than his last couple of starts. But yeah, no, overall, I think I, I think after Charlie, obviously his age and his side as well, he's only seven. Uh, there's still reason he could still be improving. Um, and I think at the price, he's, he's perfectly fair to perhaps upset the apple cart here. He's strong, a plus third on the machine, 8.2. Um, you get about 13.2 on the sports book. So maybe the angle here would just to, to bet, um, bet him each way on the sports book, you know, run a no bet. Um, maybe a little bit on 8.2. Um, so he, he was impressive. Um, I'm not sure what price he hit in running, but I'd imagine it would have been double figures that day at Leperstown in the Sables Chase, uh, when obviously Kenboy and Mellon sort of just sort of cut each other's throats and they just got caught late home. Good ride by Darrell Keith as well. Um, 
And this one will definitely, I think this one will get even more improvement, stepping up a couple more furlongs at Cheltenham going up the hill. Definitely ha- has a big chance. Um, and what we're going to do, obviously, that that's uh, wrapped up our, our thoughts so far on Cheltenham. Um, some differing opinions, which is good. Some backs, some lays, some fans faced, um, and maybe maybe some questionable decisions uh, and betting advice so far. And what we're going to do is to wrap things up. We're going to have our any other bet section from some of the other races at Cheltenham. Something that's caught our eye, something that thinks a bit of value, and something that we're on already that we think will go shorter on day. We'll start with Paul Callahan. Any other bets? Anything else at Cheltenham? Give me your nap as well. Oh, nap. Um, I know you love a nap. Not too sure. I do love a nap. Something well, after. I... Monkfish and, and Yeah. Well, then it wouldn't... I'll go with Imperial Aura maybe for the Ryanair. Like Monkfish, Shackenbursois. It's hard to see past them, but I, I, I would go with Imperial Aura and the Ryanair. A few other races, the Triumph Order, um, I think could be a real cracker. you got Adagio, who was, was good at Chepstow. Um, he was only beaten over hurdles once. That was at Cheltenham behind Duffel Coat, but he was pretty good at Chepstow. I thought he beat a, a favourite of, of Gary Murrs, who had won despite, and again, had, had won poor races at Fontwell, but was very impressive. But the, the, again, the times of those races were exceptionally slow i know maiden hurdles and that i wouldn't often read too much into them times as they would generally go pretty slow in the early stages but that, those times of, of his two football wins were exceptionally slow adagio beat him pretty comfortably at chepstow and one pulling up at the end i think the last half before him or so you know the ears pricked and he, he did pull up you can see his, his strike shortening and pull himself up when he when he was approaching the kind of the last half for him or so under thomas cudamore and he does have the battle hardness as well um, Zanna here though is 3 for 3 over hurdles he won a grade 2 at Leperson over the Christmas period he looks the cut above average he looks pretty exceptional and I think he would be the bet for the triumph one of the bigger prices in the triumph I did like the way St. Sam was staying on for Willie Mullins he was he stayed on I think he finished fourth in the end and he wasn't knocked about when the, his winning chance had gone so I think with you know a faster pace, the triumph is generally rough and ready, and they're obviously young horses, so there'll be I'd imagine a lot. Of, there generally is a lot of hard luck stories in the triumph, and it, it could be the, the fittest, you know, survival of the fittest. But I think Zanahara, I would tip to, to win. Adagio, you'd imagine, will be there thereabouts. But Saint Sam could be one for a small wager each way. Yeah, Adagio. Um, I know that me and you were on last time out. Actually, hacked up against. And Sam, he was well back as well. Yeah, yeah well, that wasn't my money that day, but um, absolutely hacked up. Um, hacked up the time before at Cheltenham as well. Lucky loaders. Any other bet section? Yeah, just uh, one. People that have been following me on Twitter and my work know that uh, where this is going to be. And this is in the mayor's chase. Really like Annie Mack. I've been going on about it. Uh, ever since she won at Doncaster, I thought that the way the market was lying up, a lot of the horses at the top of the betting um, weren't going to run. Um, Damned the Company was one of those that put in an absolute stinker at uh, Sandown. I think she should go over hurdles and actually have a crack at the mare's hurdle, personally. Got, obviously, some great great form, one over the course and distance on the last two starts, so that's one to maybe add for the mare's hurdle. Um, uh, I think, uh, yeah, Annie Mack, people gave her... I think the Irish, this is the Irish have got this, and obviously, you have to respect 
with Willie Mullins as a great record in the race uh, or in these mayors races over the years, you know, but I, I think Annie Mack against mayors over fences, she's actually unbeaten and I've, and she's actually taken on the boys on, on quite a few of her starts during her career, you know, and I know she, she maybe some people might say she didn't handle Cheltenham, but she was running against the boys, and I think against Mayors, it's just a different story for her. I thought uh, her win at Doncaster was very impressive, be in the useful field there. And even at Warwick the other day, when she won there, I thought she did the job quite nicely at a track that wouldn't have suited her. Um, you know, and she beat a useful type in Zambella, who, hadn't, uh, who had won all of her starts over fences uh, before that. So I think it was uh, it was a good run that you can mark up. Um, she's still eight to one with Betfair. There is a double figure prices out there with a couple of firms. I think um, I think she should be vying for nearly joint favoritism, in my personal opinion. I think that's still a bit of value at eight to one, and I just think against Mayors, she's just a completely different proposition. And I think even if uh, the ground came up soft, that's even better for her. I know Cole Reevy people like her, but I'm not sure if she might not end up here. She there has been talk about the Limerick race that she might end up in yeah yeah, she might go to Limerick so again I would maybe put a swerve there Ellie May hasn't run at Cheltenham oh she's only run at Cheltenham once so I I don't know I think I think there's still a few horses in here that won't turn up like put the kettle on Benny I don't think will turn up here I think Annie Mack still the the market haven't quite cottoned on to her yet and uh, for me I think there's still value in her price and I'm all over I'm on at 20s for the for the mayors so I'm sitting nicely there but I, I could even be tempted to go back in again I hope you're not on with Betfair Sports because of those prices Chris Holder no I'm not I'm not naming the company okay well, as long as it's not us that's okay uh, currently 11.5 on the machine right now um, lucky those will be topping up there uh, Annie Mack for the for the mayors Chase Darren Hughes Nap, any other bet at Cheltenham? Yeah, I have a couple. Um, myself and Paul Callaghan are on a, a very similar wavelength. Um, I'm going to nap in Terry Laurie as well. I'm quite annoyed he got in there first. But, uh, but trust me, it was coming whether you asked him first or me. Uh, I do think he's a uh, smashing price about six to one mark. I have a couple more that I'm interested in. I'll touch another one that Paul mentioned, saying Sam. I hope he's wrong, though. I hope he goes to the Boodles and not to try him. I don't think he can beat standing here. But Jesus, I hope if he can get into the if he can get into the Boodle, seven to one there at the moment, not another no bet. Probably a much bigger elsewhere. Uh, I think kind of like Aaron Max last year. I think a lot has gone wrong with Saint Sam this year, and enough that it's very difficult to give him an inflated mark. Now, I am I, my fear is they might just give him the one four one or the one four two and keep him out of the race. And if they do, I'll be absolutely furious. But. Uh, Otherwise, I think he's a smash the best of that, and I hope he does. Um, I hope he does swerve the um, swerve the, the triumph in in favour of, of the Boodles. Um, after that, then another one, Spacchiera for the the Abbey Lucky from Wells Howard at this stage. He's been one I've been taking away at since during Christmas time. He's now seven to one joint star, but I still think there's juice in that price. I think he'll go up a bit shorter than that on the day. I can tell you for a fact, gentleman's game doesn't go here. Uh, the mouse horse horse to Rob Court does not run. There's a nine to one poke out the way. Duff McCall is fourteen. He's a, a highly unlikely runner. Um over the three mile trip and goal doesn't run here either. Couple more in in kind of towards the front of the mark. Like this is seven to one the field. Couple more than won't go here. Back here is tailor made for the Abbott Barclays. Genuinely tailor made, but I've never I've never come across a horse 
more suited to a race than he is going to be for the for the Albertus. And look, the last couple of years aside, generally what wins in Albertus is a uh, oftentimes second season novices horses who have had a heap of runs, very experienced, very battle hardened. Uh, this will be his first go over three miles, as far as I'm aware. And I honestly think the race is just absolutely made from it. What is not a particularly strong field, like Paul Nichols has the uh, as the third time in there, and Barbados books. I'm not sure how good a horse he is. Stackler for Willie Mullins looks good, but limited. Uh, I do think this, the, the extra extra trip and the grueling race could bring out a bit of improvement. In fact, is very sweet on him for the uh, for the Albert Barthes. And then that is pretty much me. That's everything I have to offer so far. Yeah, thank you for uh, Gordon Elliott. Maybe I'll have to have a wee chat with Ryan, see if that 9.4 is a, a bit of value there for uh, from the Gordon Elliott yard. Um, and obviously Annie Mack and Imperial Aura. I mean, that, that could be a nice, tasty treble. Um, I like the sound of that. I Obviously, I've got a honeysuckle, but the price is gone. I'm pretty bullish on her. I think she's going to make her, well, she is going to make her break my, my challenge this year. Um, I think that I can see Willie Mullins hitting the board quite early and I can see them, them shortening up as the days go on. But then that could open up some some value opportunities for each way punters. So there's always there's always an angle to it. But yeah. as I say, it's been a, it's probably one of our, our longest podcasts that we've done, Chris, Paul, and Darren. But really enjoyed it. Um, we could probably talk on for days about Betfair um, and Cheltenham. Yeah, I certainly could. Um, but again, pleasure to to have have you on, Paul, Darren, and Chris. Um, and all to, uh, to all the viewers, thank you for continuing to support the podcast. Our numbers in the UK and Ireland are, are looking very impressive. Um, we couldn't do it without your continued support. It's deeply appreciated. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify and SoundCloud so you don't miss any of our latest podcasts. Also, give us a review and rating on iTunes, uh, even some of your thoughts if you hit us up on social media. as uh, at the In This Adult Podcast on Twitter. Uh, give us a follow. Um, you can tweet us, we will respond. Give us a DM if you've got any questions. I hope everyone has a great weekend and gamble responsibly. Mm-hmm.